1: Hey, welcome to the show, gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. Thanks for cueing me. I was gentlemen. On my phone, I was on my phone trying to share the fact that we were doing the show. And I forgot, uh, dude. I was caught was in
0: the same boat. As a matter of fact, um, I think I
1: started because I saw you doing it. Yeah, trying and and I'm, I'm, still. I'm just trying to be a team player over here.
0: So, man, this week or today—I say this week, today—today's uh, show is brought to you by Option Studios. Option Studios uh, has made actually a lot of the jerseys you see on our show today. I'm wearing a uh, Velocity Sports Equipment jersey. My buddy Nick's wearing an Option Studios TRC Hey-o. branded jersey. Um, if you're looking for pro jerseys, you're looking for custom jerseys. Uh, PD's New Jersey and their store is made by Option Studios. Uh, Arizona Airspeed, just uh, Adam just released their new jerseys on, on uh the interwebs. So check them out, man. Optionstudios.com, pull-up com, Pull-up pro jerseys, you name it, they've got it. They're really killing it. But Bo Reeby's here. How you
2: doing, homie? Hey, doing pretty well.
0: What's up with the hair, man? Did you just wake up?
2: Uh been jumping all day and rushed back to the trailer and was like, I gotta look somewhat okay. So I put some stuff in it and scruffed it around and then ran over here. So in
0: the two weeks that you've been hanging out in the Texas area, a week and a half now, you've been on yeah. time for something
2: twice. Uh-huh. And they've both Doing been the role. show. Yeah, you know. Oh, what? dude. Uh, right, thank here you are. guys. That's pretty fucking Even bad. Even though out. we started at like seven oh five. So. Oh, we started late. I mean, we were uh. here on time. <laughs> We've been sitting in these chairs for a minute. Yeah. It's true. You notice when talking we, about nothing though.
0: When oh, you' know, talking <laughs> a lot of shit nothing. about you, whoever you are. Uh, you notice when we start with Riley. Nick's like, man, we we're we're starting on time. I don't know how to do this." <laughs> so, Bo, uh, of course we know you, but a lot of our uh, fans and guests may or may not. They've not heard. They've not listened. They don't watch uh, Tip Tuesdays. They don't watch Tip Tuesdays. What? Dude, you were so much cuter this week.
2: Ah, uh, what's her name? Yeah, um, Julia. You know, yeah, yeah. I really I put boating. it on for the for this week, just to make sure you look good at the drop zone.
0: So, Bo is the. What's your
2: title? What's your job? Mm, technically, my job is the marketing a marketing rep for Performance Designs, but kind of like the quasi name is just the tour rep.
0: Okay, so really, one of your biggest jobs is you travel to the United States in a thirty four footish RV. Yeah. And you take parachutes all over the United States and let
2: people jump them. You got it. Get them interested, much, hooked, man. sold, whatever. For sure, yeah. It's like a fly before you buy type of thing. There's there's a lot of different parachutes out there, and uh, we build a lot of different canopies. So I get to travel with a trailer, which is pretty much my home, and bring them to people so they can try them out, um, answer questions, hang out on drop zones, uh, just have a lot of fun, and kind of be like the... The manufacturing rep, a uh, uh, voice of the manufacturer, at a drop zone, which is pretty rare. It's pretty cool.
0: Uh, most manufacturers don't do this, and those that do rarely do it at the scale that Performance Designs does. Yeah. There's two guys in the U. Excuse me, two guys in the world, if I am correct, to do what you do, Europe and here.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have a rep in Europe. He's awesome. His name is Hans. He's just one of the best guys ever. Big old smile, super smart guy. And then me in the U.S.
0: When Bo says big old smile about anybody, first of all, your big old smile <laughs> gets even bigger, man. You're just such a genu- genuinely happy guy.
2: It's a lot of things to be happy about. It, traveling the world, slinging parachutes, man. We jump out of airplanes. It's pretty cool. Hang out with good people, meet good people. Except for right now in this <laughs> yeah, room, and I can think of. Good people and about. us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Bo. So the other thing
0: that people might know you for for PD is Tip Tuesday. Um, Yep. What What is, what was, if I haven't seen Tip Tuesday, what's going on there?
2: Cool, yeah. So Tip Tuesday was an idea that... Where did I get it from? Uh, so we started about probably eight months ago now at PD. Um, and originally, I kind of had this idea from last year at PIA, which is the Parachute Industry Associ- Association Symposium. Um, Missy Nelson was giving a... Uh, seminar on Facebook live yeah and she she kept bringing up like in her seminar she was explaining all the reasons why she wanted to do Facebook live why it's the new thing to do and she kept saying like Bob's pro tip Tuesday of the week tip Tuesday of the week blah blah, blah. pro yeah. tip Tuesday and uh, of course she's just using that as an example but then over time I was like why don't we try and do this and just like film little videos on our phone and whatnot and and it at first it didn't really go anywhere. And then over time, PD, our marketing team, built up enough to where we have the staff now. We have awesome, awesome people working behind the scenes. So we're able to actually get things recorded and produced and put on the internet and on social media and YouTube. Um, so what is Tip Tuesday? Every Tuesday, <laughs> uh, we come out with a new video, which is just like real. Sometimes it's really basic little tips that you know could be anything from packing things or stowing toggles or like super simple kind of down, like, very bottom-level skydiving tips. And then sometimes it's definitely a little bit more advanced-level stuff. And then sometimes it's silly stuff like how to look at, it at a drop zone, which yeah, was this week's. I
1: really think that there is no tip too small. Just uh, this Thank is you. <laughs> just yeah. the tip? For, for my Asian friends. So for, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I just this last week saw someone with 1,500-ish jumps who didn't know about... Moving a pull-up cord beneath their pin before they removed it, uh, and yeah. I was like, "Man, that's a lot of experience to never have caught on to that trick." That's and a good like, tip Tuesday. Man, there put you it go. on there. Thank you. I <laughs> might even tell you who you
2: can uh, make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a. Uh, you're totally right, though. Like we did one on uh, how do you explain it? Like why you do a, a two, why you do a flare? How the flare affects the parachute and what it does mm-hmm. in terms of like a two-stage flare, kind of what those stages are, and when you think about it, like, what do you do for a flare? You pull the toggles kind of halfway and then you finish it. And that's a two-stage flare. And we were explaining, like, why you do this. And people were writing that it's just mind-blowing. Like, oh, my gosh, this is a revolution. Thank you so much for pointing this out. And it's kind of silly because it's kind of like, well, obviously, you know that you just pull the toggles and it does this and this. So it doesn't, like, it's funny that that blew people's minds. But at the same time, if it helps, it helps.
0: It, it does, man. I've feel blessed at skydive spaceland our school is pretty good our instructors really focus super heavy on canopy flight so if i teach a canopy course to spaceland jumpers it is commonly very different more advanced compared to some other courses that are drop zones and yet almost everybody comes in that course gets their mind blown going that's how the flare works (laughs) but now guys like you are throwing the fucking knowledge out there publicly which thank you because now in courses what do we talk about The next level shit.
2: Yeah, for sure. Gives them the foundation.
0: Yeah, and it's so cool. Uh, One of my favorite videos you've done is I've been skydiving since 97. In 1997, I was taught double stow. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there's more to that statement, tensions proper, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I've seen and known a lot of good explanations, but the tip Tuesday that you did on double stowing was so well put together. Girl. That's when I was like, man, he's more than a pretty face. Yeah.
2: He is a fucking bucket of brains, too. I can, I can recite things that people tell me really well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I think you're much smarter than just that, man. Uh, um, it's
1: going to save you some conversations, though, next time you show up at a place and John Q, whoever, the yeah. old-school belly jumper, is telling the person next to you, oh, you shouldn't double-stow, that's going to give you a luck. Do you just show him that video?
2: Dude, surprisingly, like, everyone, maybe people just don't admit it, but... Every time I go to drop zones and I do a packing demonstration and I bring up the issue of double stowing versus not double stowing, and people sometimes say single stow or they sometimes say double stow, but almost nobody ever is like, it's going to give you a bag lock. Nobody stands up and actually says that. So I still bring up my normal spiel about bag locks versus out-of-sequence deployments. However, I'm surprised that nobody's stood up and actually like stood their ground and been like, it gives a bag lock. <laughs> Because I, I want to meet that person because they're clearly teaching other people. <laughs> that guy sounds awesome. I
0: think part. I think the biggest part of that problem there though is they see you as an authority coming from the manufacturer. And I notice, yeah, you yeah, which are. means this
1: guy is even crazier when he stands up and says it. Yeah.
0: So I think people are afraid to say it because, like, well, if you're if you're saying this, if you're talking about this, and maybe I should just listen. And that's a cool thing to me that people see you walk up on a DZ. I mean, you're this. Hopefully you don't fit this description. You just look the description of a <laughs> dumb blonde surfer kid. <laughs> if I look at you, yeah, what up, bro? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and yet you walk up and you start talking and teaching packing stuff and people immediately go, wait a minute, this guy knows his shit. I'm going to listen and I'm not going to stand that ground that I've taught wrong for years. Yeah. And it's cool yeah. to see people that old school thought change their mind.
2: Yeah. Hopefully that's the goal, right? Yeah. The first time, so I had started working for PD, uh, in December of 2018, 17, 17, 16, 16. 2016. And PIA was in February of 2017, right? So like two months after I started working at PD. And I have to give a packing demonstration at PIA. PIA is mostly riggers and very experienced jumpers and experienced skydivers. (laughs) Here I am with a brand new canopy trying to demonstrate how to pack it properly. And it's just like slipping all over the place. And I was so freaking nervous. But still, I was you know, even though I clearly am not executing the perfect pack job in the world, we're still trying to give out that information so that people can maybe pick up a thing or two. I
0: God, I was embarrassed. I did not go to that seminar and I wish I would That's have. That's okay. <laughs> because I've gone to like Matt's seminar, other people's seminars. Just yeah. Part of it is just to there to support a friend, be there, hang out, you know. A lot of us all know each other
2: there. We and were then, just new friends then. Yeah, so we I we understand.
0: just met that week. The next one though? I was probably at
2: lunch with Matt. At ramen while ramen. you were doing a packing I class. I bet you were. You guys <laughs> ate that so many times that week. <laughs> Dude, ramen. I love that shit, man. Especially in Chattanooga. That's pretty good ramen.
0: Dude, I've had l- ramen in a lot of places, including Japan, and that shit was legit. Ooh. That
2: shit was good stuff, man. Where's Okay, so I want to know because I travel all over the place. Where's the best ramen in the in the States?
0: Dude, I don't know. Um, to me, they're all similar, similar mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Chattanooga, uh, you went to Genya yesterday. Yep. Those are all
2: pretty decent level pretty good yeah yeah um if anybody listening has any good ramen recommendations i'm open yo man if you (laughs) see bo and the pd tour stopping
0: in your town you want to make some brownie points with a pd rep straight up when he says he's coming post where the good ramen shop is (laughs) (laughs) or just bring him some come on let's get real no you got to go there and get it legit yeah it's, it's it's a pork broth it congeals when it cools down so it just does not
2: reheat the same um, it, it, it's fancy, right? Yeah,
0: it's not fancy.
1: It's
2: just some next level broth. Yeah, yeah. this Watch isn't out. just top ramen. Okay,
1: It's the, <laughs> the next level. Dude, I had a huge <laughs> obsession with ramen noodles when I was young and very poor. I got very versatile. <laughs> Did with you my eat ramen. them dry? Oh yeah, dude. Dude, I use all like, my time. my favorite <laughs> thing. I would make a ramen noodle sandwich. What the fuck? So Whoa. this is what you do. You make the <laughs> make the ramen, drain out all the water, and let it sit for a bit so there's there's no liquid left and then I would put uh, mayonnaise, ketchup, oh. and mustard oh, on oh, like sourdough bread and then stack the noodles up in there. Oh. Dude, it was so, <laughs> so good. Oh, were you a pothead at <laughs> the time, No, too? I was just really poor. <laughs> I was yeah. really poor, and I liked noodles. I need carbs and, and more carbs. <laughs> who, yeah, who doesn't like carbs? <laughs> That's and, like some shit
3: you'd <laughs> see on Cops with the dude and a wife beater like running around with this... Ramen <laughs> With a wife beater and
1: underwear. <laughs> I did yeah. run from the cops and wear a lot of wife beaters, so you're looking <laughs> at the guy. I own Angel List. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <it's>, I just—I <laughs> really think I just missed the drug part, and that's why I got away with all of it. <laughs> oh, job. man. Although I was really. Oh, when was the last time you were at Spaceland?
2: Uh, Houston. Yeah, it was a year ago in like April, so like a year and a few months. Cool. So I, the, I sat through
1: one of your packing seminars when you were here.
2: Last year, uh, did I do one? Yeah, I'm almost positive that I did. No, uh, I think it was at Space on Atlanta over Halloween last year when it just rained it the it, entire. Maybe it weekend. was Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think we did it here. But yeah. I, I also sat in on your seminar,
1: uh, in Dallas last weekend when it was also raining. <laughs> mm, yep. And man, you do a really good job. But me, Thanks. Tex, and Guru were all sitting there talking about fucking with you while you were uh, giving your giving your little seminar. Yeah, and it was like, man, he's just doing too good of a job. He's fucking killing it. God, I'm surprised Guru would so, ever admit that. Man, your level of professionalism Guru didn't fuck with me. Yeah, believe that. <laughs> That's crazy. But No, man, your ability to communicate all that stuff
2: like effectively and in a cool. like super understandable way to everybody is very admirable. Right on. Thank you. It's like Tip Tuesday Live. That's what I always say. Come here to watch Tip Tuesday happen in person right now.
0: Dude, badass. It's uh, mm-hmm. I, I have to commend it as well, man. When I first met you uh, February 17, I think we said it was, um, you were a smart dude, came across real good, figured like, man, this guy's going to do good. Mm-hmm. He, he's got a good personality. He'll talk to people well. I was like, man, looks like PD scored a good a good good asset. This will be nice. Thanks, dear. And then watching the Tip Tuesdays, and then when we were out to lunch yesterday, listening to you talk about topics, you suddenly started presenting information to me as an authority figure—not like I am, but like I understand and I know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and you owned your knowledge. And dude, you really do a fucking great job of presenting information.
2: I, you know, I've been pretty, given pretty cool opportunities to learn from some really, really experienced people and talk to—I mean, lots of people that invented most of what we do. Like. PD has been around for 35 plus years, right? So yeah. the the amount of innovation and knowledge that is at that company is insane. So anything you want to know. Like the thing that I like most about giving packing seminars is not trying to, I mean, yeah, it's fun teaching people how to have a better pack job or, or how to you know get the air out of the canopy better or whatever it might be, but actually why we do what we do. Like, why do we flake the parachute besides the obvious reasons? And why do we only want to roll the tail a little bit? Why do we do certain things rather than, like, just somebody at a drop zone telling you, oh, do this, do that? Learn why. Because it's really cool. There's actually reasons behind all this shit. So why? Which part? All of it. (laughs) uh, Okay, let me
1: give you a... Because it makes the magic happen. Let me give you a real question. So I just... uh, It's been a long time since I've taught anyone how to pack. (laughs) <laughs> and we have a uh, videographer and AFF instructor who, I bet he has 4,000 jumps. And he told me it had been eight years since he had done a pack job. And <laughs> I think that that's because he's been skydiving for eight years and never really learned. <laughs> so I've been teaching him. Chulo? Chulo, yeah. I've done a couple couple packing classes with him. And the part that uh, has seemed the most difficult is trying to teach him how to stow lines oh yeah do you have any tricks Hmm. to teach someone how to stow lines (laughs) i I mean it's hard without a demonstration because i i was just yeah that's i'd had to show him and go step by step and say hey look what this hand's doing look what this hand's
2: doing do you mean like how to actually get the rubber band around the line just how how to to do
1: it how did the whole thing so to get the rubber band
2: around the line i always say like you hold it kind of like a golf club like if you I mean I don't golf so it's kind of hard to But you mean like but deep in your hand? Yeah yeah I hold it across the across my palm for sure. It's and a fair I hold description. It, like a golf club and then I lay my thumb on top and then I do my stow around my thumb. So like this the kind of loop is coming out this way the stow is coming so out this way. So you're
1: wrapping around your fingers instead of just around the line. Yeah
2: and then I'm going around my thumb cuz you kind of need like that that anchor right? You need that hard rigid surface to wrap the the rubber band around. So I just for That's people That's what he said for people who, <laughs> jeez, that could have so bad. <laughs> for, for somebody to say something. <laughs> who are just
0: listening, not watching. Imagine that your line stow is coming out of your hand, the bow or the double back, the 180 is coming out of your thumb side of your hand, mm-hmm. and now you stick your thumb out, basically just shy the length of your loop, just the length of that fold back, and you're wrapping the stow band around your thumb, just yep. to give them a direction or a picture.
2: Yeah, go watch Tip Tuesday. We've got a little like two minute YouTube thing. Called Tip Tuesday's how to do double stows.
0: One thing that I found really weird is that's exactly I use my thumb, but yeah. some people their index finger. Yeah, watch a Tip Tuesday, look at what Bo's telling you about it, and then realize adapt, use a different finger, use a different thumb, what works best for you. Mm-hmm. It, everybody's a little bit different.
2: Yep, for sure. There's one, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but yeah, go on. Sorry. One
0: of the hardest things I see people have, one of the most challenging things I think we'll all agree on is putting a canopy in a bag yeah and so i know of two dominant schools of thought um each school of thought has a little bit slight there's variations within each school but one of them is this cocooning rolling and basically wrapping the canopy around itself in a cone and the other one is reduction folds like you would do with your reserve folding them in thirds mm-hmm. right do you have thoughts right. on either method do you have any pros or cons um because i've been doing one of them for 21 years no, I want to so know if you tell me I'm wrong.
2: There's kind of two different, I mean, exactly what you say. There's two ways that I would ever teach a packing course, and this is not m- from me. It's from, like, h- much smarter people at PD. Sure. Um, John LeBlanc, the vice president, for one, who sat me down when I first got there and ran over a lot of packing things with me. Uh, He's got a really good way of getting the air out of the canopy, which involves, like, Using your forearms, sliding them up the parachute, yeah. and kind of tucking everything in as you go. So you're kind of creating this cocoon, I think, more like the first way that you described mm-hmm. it. And then our most watched YouTube video ever is Nick the that tour rep from you 10, you, 10 years ago or so? 12, yeah. The 12 years 12. ago? <laughs> yeah, a while ago. Um, doing a pack job. And he does the fold. So mm-hmm. he kind of like chops it in half between the center the center line and the edge of the I don't know the triangle or the, yeah. the the edge of the fabric and he folds it in half.
0: I do the same. I fold it in thirds. Yeah. But then I also once I have it done, arm bar it is what I would call yeah. what John does, and then make sure all that the outer skin is just tucked to hold that fold
2: right. cleanly. Right. I mean, as long as you're accomplishing the right the the same end, it's all a means to an end. So, so. With, that,
0: with that method, with that, tech, that, with that methodology, I've, people, I've heard people argue about it for years, and I'm one of the few people I know in my group of friends who teaches, we call them reduction folds with reserves, mm-hmm. um, who teaches kind of a reduction fold method of the main. You pack your reserve this way, why can't you pack your main this way? Sure. And I'm a huge fan of it. I don't think it's the right way. It works for me. What works for Nick's a different
2: thing. But what you're telling me is it's not wrong either. Yeah, totally. Okay. That's exactly what I would say. Just like a pilot shoot, is there a right way? I don't know. Is there a wrong way? I'm sure we could find a wrong way to do (laughs) it. Can you find an exact right way to do it? No, there's a million different ways. Yeah. Mm, Most, all of them work. (laughs) There's 20 ways to skin a cat. A bunch of
0: them are good. Yeah. Some (laughs) of them aren't. Some of them aren't. Don't tell Val we're skinning cats. Bitch, you'll kill me.
2: Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) did I just... I didn't say that about my wife uh, If Brockton's listening with his little kittens back at the drop zone You just wait so we're coming to pet those kittens later Man, have, you love animals Have you seen these kittens? I have not They're
1: disgustingly adorable I've seen photos uh, My girlfriend uh, follows Brockton on Instagram kitty. And I think Snapchat That's all I fucking hear about <laughs> oh, bring, bring home a kitty
0: And I know how much you love your girlfriend's
1: cat He's an asshole Probably the biggest asshole that I know. This cat, <laughs> I really think he would kill a kitten.
0: Knowing Guru and you still use the largest asshole we you know, yeah. that's a pretty big uh, yeah. deal, man.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty huge statement. Guru has never attacked me in the middle of the night while I'm going to the bathroom.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's just the cat. The cat you know attacked that you. It's around? Have oh, you ever hi. put the cat in
1: his place? Oh fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He only got away with that shit for like a couple of months, once I knew that Sam and I were in a serious enough relationship that me battling her cat wasn't going to be the end of our relationship. Yeah, Yeah. fuck that cat. How'd you win? Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody
2: wins. Okay.
1: It just continues.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It's like, I mean, you're battling pretty much the owner of the household. You're, he thinks he you're, is. You're just going to keep on trying. Yep, fuck him. <laughs> so do you have pets at home? I grew up with pets. On No. So right now, I mean, I live on the road all summer long. I would love to have a pet. I am def- I mean, I love all animals. I love cats, though, so much. They're so cool. Um, I would love to have, like, a cat that just travels around with me, but I would be too afraid that it would get out right as I was trying to leave a drop zone and, just, and then just hose me for getting to wherever I needed to be next. Right. Uh, last winter, though, where I lived in, in Florida, we had two horses, three chickens, and three cats, and that was awesome. That sounds like quite the little farm you've got. It was, yeah, for sure. It was a farm. The rooster, um, so there were the three chickens. Two of them are hens, and then there was a male rooster. And that thing, I mean, you think cats are assholes, dude? You have not met an asshole until you met a rooster. Like that's protecting its hens, because you'll be halfway across the yard. You know, th- this is a ten-acre plot of land, and you'll be a ways away, and you'll just be doing your own thing. I don't know. Like f- for one example, we were picking up some some uh, yard waste. And all of a sudden I turn around and the rooster, it's just like creeping up sideways. Not even like directly towards you, but just sideways. And then as soon as you look back, he kind of stops, pecks the ground (laughs) a little bit,
4: you know, grabs some
2: ants, just chills. And you go back to doing your thing. You turn around like 30 seconds or a minute later and he's like half the distance again. (laughs) And then at that point he's close enough to charge you and he comes running towards you as you're just minding your own damn business, like you've done nothing to to uh, to get him to do this, and he just comes at you. And roosters, I mean, they're they can get big, dude, and they've got these talons on his the inside of his feet that stick out probably three to four inches, and they are mean. Massive box. So he trapped me in the horse pen once. And I was on the phone with (laughs) Riley. And I'm just talking to her talking to her. And then I start freaking out because this rooster is chasing (laughs) me around. I have to climb the fence and hide in the horse pen. I mean, if you you had to, how far do you think you could punt kick a rooster? Oh, man. I've been close for sure. At least uh, definitely further than Guru Swoops. Oh yeah, that's not that far. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> so not not far at all is what you're telling me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, oh God, I hope he's listening. <laughs>
1: poor I was actually supposed to send him footage of himself crashing at the uh, American Revolution <laughs> Boogie this this past weekend because I have a hilarious shot of it.
0: <laughs> it's so good. I got to um, see this man.
1: Imagine, oh gosh, I, did you ever see the movie uh, Bad Santa? With uh, mm. Billy Bob Thornton?
0: I ha- Yes, but...
1: <laughs> okay, this is a super obscure reference yeah. that I'm sure like one person listening to this is going to catch. But there's a part... So there's a little kid who's getting bullied in Bad Santa. Little blonde kid, super weird, very slow, this this young kid. But he's getting bullied. So uh, the little elf guy, the little person, yeah, yeah. the little, little black midget fella, <laughs> he's trying to teach him how to box, right? And... Uh, He's. He, they're in the ring, and long story short, the little boy kicks him in the balls. I'm still. And, and the way that he falls over, he's like a tiny little bowling pin, and he <laughs> rolls over on the top of his head because he's so like just the way that the weight is dispersed in his body. Guru did the same move. <laughs> yeah. Where he ate shit and basically yeah. cartwheeled across his own face, <laughs> and just fully
2: quit. Fully gave up doing anything. I don't know the scene you're talking about, but that is a perfect description. (laughs) Yeah, like a bowling ball (laughs) rolling (laughs) over
1: the top of the pin, right? Yeah, he nailed
0: it. Uh, I can picture that complete scene, and that is feet go up in the air and
2: just start kicking around. That's his move. So cute. It's, um, damn. Super obscure (laughs) story. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sorry. No, it's all good,
0: man. Like, we we ever stay on topic here. We're talking
2: about roosters and cats? Yeah, here comes a rooster or (laughs) something like that.
0: So, you're traveling. You've done Tip Tuesday. We've kind of got a little of your background with PD. Yep. But that's not where your skydiving story starts. (coughs) You started with PD Decemberish or november you said 16, right? Bingo, Yeah. What were you doing before that in the sport?
2: Uh, So, immediately before that, I was just working as an instructor. Just I had my tandem AFF rating. I was doing video as well. And I was working for, let me think, about two years doing that full-time. Bouncing between... Uh, chicagoland skydiving center then i did a season out at skydive paris in california Mm. do you know steve barker yeah for sure steve
0: got me into the sport really i was teaching traffic school Uh at the time (laughs) um i've told the story too many times before on the show but i was teaching traffic school he shows up in the traffic school with a ticket the entire class so how do i start skydiving so what do you do how do you do that that's so cool that's so i just i was
2: enamored nice And uh, And I bet you were the only one that actually did it from the from the school.
0: Oh, dude. The next two months I planned on making my first skydive, putting the money together. Mm -hmm. Twenty friends all said yes. How many showed up? One. Yeah, dude. My roommate at the time. Super nice, dude. uh, He worked for Budweiser and stadium sports arena rep always had shitloads of beer in our house. It was a fucking great roommate to have. I'm going to skydive one day. I'm going to skydive one day. Two excuses. Not enough money. Not enough time. So, for the Christmas party at the Drop Zone, the dude supplied kegs and kegs of beer. Fucking good beer, nice beer. Not just Bud Light. Uh, all sorts of beer. Got the DZO to say, I will comp him his entire A license. I'll, I'll get him all the way through that many jumps. Mm-hmm. It was beer that lasted us forever. I called Luke's boss. Hey, bro. So, uh, Luke's excuse. Yeah, no, I'll give him the day off. Luke wakes up one morning. Bro, I got the day off. What are you doing? I got the day off. Hey, let's go hang out. I got nothing to do. Cool, let's go jump. Uh... Uh, I ain't got no money, man. The time's good, but but no money. Dude, You can't. You're, you're, your course is covered. It's all free. Uh, and just came up with excuses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody who says you will, and, and we have a few Wuffo uh, uh, listeners. We have people who don't jump. If you're waiting on your friends to say they're going to jump, what do you say to that, Bo?
2: Yeah, okay. Keep waiting. <laughs> I mean, you're right, totally. So many people just, they never do it.
0: You were a tandem instructor full-time.
2: Mm-hmm. How many of your tandem students said, Somebody else was supposed to come with me and they didn't. Oh, yeah, totally. And my favorite tandem students were the ones that showed up on their own. They had like a group of friends I wanted to go, and let's say they all bail except one person, that one person still shows. I love that. They show up completely by themselves because clearly they just want to do it. Yeah, it's
1: awesome. Such a ballsy move. Yeah. I love hearing that story too of like, man, you could have, you had so many reasons to not come. Yeah. How many people tried to talk you out of this? All your friends found a reason to not do it, and here you are.
2: Yep. Super cool. And the friends don't even come out and watch. So they're just yeah, there. it's crazy. I love it.
0: Nick, you went the first time with friends. Yes. Bo, first time you jumped?
2: Uh, my dad took me. Uh, I was 16, and it was up in Washington. And my dad did not jump, but we ha- hung around for hours. There was a cloud hole at Kiphausen, and then it finally opened up enough for, for us to jump.
0: Justin, you started by yourself or with a group of friends, first jump?
3: Uh, Chad got me into it. so. That's right, yeah. Chad Hall. So Chad jumped with me.
0: So I've never taken the perspective you just described because I was the guy who all my friends backed out and all gave excuses and said why it was bad ideas. Hmm. And I don't see it, it, was, it, was ball, it wasn't ballsy, it was, it, was nu- it was, oh my God, i got to do this. It was just an obsession, it was a need, a desire. Yeah. But it's interesting it's to cool. hear. Good for you. I, it is my favorite student because there's no distractions. If you go to a DZ to, to investigate by yourself, you're totally immersed in the situation and you're not worried about anybody else but you. Mm-hmm. So I love that perspective of somebody by themselves. You actually worked at Port Aransas at some point. Mustang oh, hey, Island. Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, yeah. How long did you work there? When I lived in Texas. Uh, that was I worked there for about six months. That was the first drop zone that I actually kind of worked at um, as an instructor. Just had my tandem rating just then and started working there right away. And you, they're a hand cam operation. Yep. Uh-huh. How many tandems did you do for Jason? Uh, about
0: three hundred and twenty. have you ever been down to Mustang Island?
1: I have not. I um, I honestly don't even know where Port Aransas is. Corpus Christi. I yeah,
2: yeah. On the outside of the bay. It's beautiful. Prettiest drop zone I ever jumped at.
0: Valerie and I made a jump there, and like, if you're gonna go someplace with a spectacular view to make a skydive. I don't understand why this isn't your first skydive. Either a high pull, a hop and pop, or Val and I went out and did a two-way. We hold hands, face the same way. Yeah. If you see anything, you point it out to your your friend, your homie, your my <laughs> wife in this case. After a certain altitude, you turn and you face another. You just check out the fucking scene, dude.
2: It's So beautiful.
0: We pitched it like six grand. God damn, what a gorgeous spot. Yeah. If you're jumping in the Houston, San Antonio, Texas area, period, man, I don't know check him out i don't know if jason towns occasionally he doesn't let fun jumpers jump there and it's it's really not completely his decision it's a strained relationship with the city the landing
2: area is very tight for sure you got to be on it yeah it teaches you quick to be a good pilot because there's it's not forgiving
0: i got under canopy there and i looked down at that landing area. i went oh okay i gotta pay attention yeah you know i wasn't scared I wasn't nervous, but I definitely was, I'm doing the right thing. I mean, I did did a 270. Didn't know I couldn't do a 270 (laughs) up there. Nobody (laughs) gave me a briefing. Jason was super cool about it. Cool. One of the staff members who took a course with me, pulled me aside and kind of hopped on me. Very polite, like, hey, uh, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you did that. Did what? You can't do, oh, I didn't know. Mm
2: -hmm. And from
0: there, they were all, and everybody assumed I knew.
2: Yeah. They've definitely got some strained relations with the city, like you said. Uh so they're they try and respect the uh, I don't know, the safety boundaries of the common citizen living there. Yeah. So I mean some skydivers have definitely endangered themselves
0: and others at that drop zone. Yeah, yep, yep. Um there was a fatality there and it was it was pretty gruesome. Yeah.
2: From a swooper. Yeah. Just mat uh, yeah, going into a building.
0: Man, I want to talk about swooping for a second. I'm really, this this sidetracks. This is a conversation that today I kind of ran across. I've seen it for the last couple of days. Have you guys seen the video out there from I don't know where, I want to say Europe, dude landing straight in. Another dude does a 270-ish and has a camping collision. Just Mm-mm. above the tree line.
1: Yeah, I saw be there, I saw a little Facebook drama going. Yeah, I sat back that's and like, read all I think the comments. That's why it popped up on my screen. Right. Yeah, finger.
0: yeah. And so you saw where I was at, at with that. And I've seen that video. And, and the thing that I want to talk about real quick is is first of all, if you haven't seen it, just picture some dude landing straight in. Some dude doing a bigger than a ninety degree turn above him, spiraling into him, the Turner's canopy. Hits the straight in guy who was the low man, canopy on the body collision or, or onto mm-hmm. line collision, mm-hmm. creates a very temporary entanglement. They both crap in it. It's a really bad situation. My understanding is they both live and they're both okay as far as, as they live. Yeah, that's that's Bo for that. Uh, Justin, if you can actually find the video on Facebook and uh, share it on the YouTube or on the Facebook stream. Um, so people are asking what's the moral of the story? What what are we learning from this? And I think the first thing and I want to talk with you guys oh, about this. God, that's the thing I want to talk about is number 1 the importance of separating high performance and low performance landing areas yeah. not just by placement but by decision. In other words, if somebody decides if somebody has to land off or land in the high performance area, I want them to land in the high performance area. It's better than landing off. Now, if I'm a swooper above a guy landing straight in the high performance area, it is now temporarily a normal landing area until he's safely on the ground. So abort my turn, change what I need to do, use a break turn. So I want to talk about that idea: right. separating areas, decisions to make turns. Bo, you've done yeah. well with swooping.
2: Yeah, I, I I see a lot of different drop zones have kind of different approaches to it, and honestly, like I don't think I'm quite qualified enough to say which is the best right there there are people far more experienced at canopy piloting than i am that could chime in on that i should tell you what i feel like i've seen which works well is where they they have a distinction between a high performance area and a normal straight in and on top of that they don't fly their patterns the same direction so if you're going to land in a high performance you get that area, mic just a little more in front of your mouth uh, i'm sorry i don't yeah. want people to miss this important is so. that better that's yeah, much better um if there is a high performance area those individuals are going to approach from, let's say the high-performance area is on the left side of of this massive field. They're going to do their pattern from the left. And then they have a normal um, landing area on the right side of the field. Those people are going to do their pattern from the right side. That's what I've seen, which works well. But, of course, you're still asking the high-performance, who are hopefully the better skydivers, the more experienced skydivers, to be heads up. No matter what you're doing, you have to be aware of what's going on. So if you're doing, if somebody has a situation where they have a bad spot and they're trying to come back and they have to land in the high performance area, they feel safe that the, the high performance pilots are not just gonna still wing it by them.
0: I love the way you describe that. Uh, at Spaceland, we have a very separated landing area, high performance to low performance, or, or standard approaches. Mm-hmm. And despite that decent delineation, that decent space and that gap, and the inability to fly over the runway below a 1,000 feet, it it really dictates or kind of helps make what you describe happen, opposite direction patterns or the same direction that are going way away from each other. They're they're very far separated. But every now and then I see a dude who is going into the high-performance area, and I have to wonder, Nick, I don't know if you've ever been there in the high-performance area watching a guy coming across going, are you coming over here or are you going over there?
1: Wait, meaning I'm in the sky, I'm watching someone approach from...
0: Uh, So, we'll picture it at Spaceland. I'm going to swoop to the south. So, I'm setting up over RV park, over suburbia. Got you. Flying towards a hangar, doing my 270 over by the south. I know right where you're at. And now somebody's coming at me for a left-handed pattern into the main landing area, D landing area.
1: Oh, so, yeah, you don't know if they're going to jump across the runway and come to to the pond area. Yeah, have you been in that? I know exactly that situation, yeah. And I've had it go both ways. Yeah. Where yeah. they do and they don't. Yeah, I've had some people come over. Yeah. I've had some people not knowing what the rules are at the at, at the suit park area mm-hmm. not know yeah. that they're not allowed to do a ninety there. And by their approach and their ninety, we're fully breaking the don't cross runway over a thousand foot rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've had that happen. And I've had people uh, so the, the rules 270s or more, right? Yeah, yeah. I've had people just come in and sachet and sachet and sashay, and sashay <laughs> yeah. to lose altitude because they hose themselves on a turn. And that's a very confusing thing about where that person's going. And I've had them just come straight across and uh, probably cross the runway at a pretty reasonable altitude. And uh, just because of whatever direction uh, they are approaching from, beca- let's say it's someone that was out on an angle jump or... <laughs> Whatever it was, wherever they're coming from, just puts they they're gonna have to cross the runway, and they're doing it at, at an appropriate altitude that's not breaking the rules, but
2: like it, a huge it, turn, it can come from an unexpected spot. So I have a question then um, to follow up: if let's say that a jumper does cross the runway and they go into the high performance area in which they weren't supposed to be, and then they land and you know totally uneventful skydive. Do people normally go and talk to him and kind of explain why it's separated and what he should have done different or he or she should have done differently? Almost
1: always. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
2: So that that's the thing I like about having a high performance. Um, promoting high performance canopy piloting. Like a lot of drop zones are scared to get scared to attract swoopers because obviously the consequences are pretty high if you crash. However, I think that if it's done right in a way that okay, we have our designated high performance area and we have everything else. Now let's take the jumper that accidentally crossed it and went into the high performance area didn't mean to or didn't know better from that jump on they're gonna reckon they're they're gonna consciously think about where they need to land and where they shouldn't land and a big part of i think flying accurately and knowing how to fly a parachute is knowing where you shouldn't be because there's a lot of things that you if you're in the wrong spot if you fly yourself downwind you should not be there So you should have recognized well before that that you shouldn't be there. Maybe you don't know exactly where the exact point is that you need to be setting up your pattern, but you sure better know where you shouldn't be. And so, like, that just breeds a culture of education from the 50-jump kid that just flew into the high-performance area on accident. now every single time, he's going to hopefully think, like, how can I get better at my accuracy? How can I not be where I should not be? Does that make sense?
0: It makes fucking <laughs> great sense, dude. Super okay. well said. Sometimes
2: I just ramble and afterwards it's like, did that make any sense to anybody? Welcome to Gravity <laughs> Lab Radio. Yeah. So, what we're
0: good at. No, that made that made perfect sense, dude. And I really, um, before I take it to the next statement, Justin, I think you've got that video queued up. Yeah. So if people are watching this on Facebook Live, just so you can get an idea... Whether this is not a separated or not separated landing area, um, I don't know. I don't know the facts behind this. But what I would say in this situation, oh, man, that's brutal, is if you have somebody in a standard approach in any landing area, it is now a standard landing straight in approach. If I find myself set up above that person and I have to abort my turn to do a break to 270 to land safely, I can do that. Um, one of the best swoopers ever in the world did a turn into somebody else in the pattern. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's Jessica Edgington, dude. Not one of the best females. One of the fucking best totally. in the world. And it happened to her. And yet, all my friends who are not as good as Jess, it won't happen to me. Right. Man, I love the idea that you talk about proactive planning being ahead of the curve. I want to take that statement one step further and one conversation because you travel a lot. I'm sure you notice a space land. We have our main landing area and then our student support area, which we also open up to D-license holders. Mm -hmm. So we have those two separate landing areas on the uh, north side of the runway. Okay. Um, How often do you see multiple landing areas at DZs? How common do you see that, particularly at larger (coughs) DZs? Um,
2: Yeah, I would say it's at larger DZs. It's fairly common to have maybe a high performance area and everybody else Uh at more large and respected, like safety oriented disease. I could see both those things as well as like a student designated area. Uh Um, And then there's plenty of drop zones that everybody's kind of jumbled in the same ish area. The, the students tend to land in the easier part of that area. Sure. And the more high performance people with the more experience land in the more um, accurate, accuracy required part of that area. And yeah.
0: really, that's what Spaceland was for years. And then eventually the drops and said, hey, wait a minute, let's just go ahead and put a line here yep. to give people air spaces. And that's the thing I want to think about is air spaces. It's not separate landing areas. It's separate air spaces. Once you enter your pattern below 1,000 feet, you're now in a zone that is your zone, not my zone, and I shouldn't cross into it. Yeah. And, Nick, kind of you'll bring in on this conversation because you experience this more, but same kind of conversation. We're landing to the south at Spaceland Houston. You are coming in, and you're flying your pattern to to land to shoot a tan video. How many times have you been landing wondering if this guy coming straight at you is about to land in the main landing area or come into your area? And, and how much conflict has that brought to you as a working skydiver? So
1: this is a conversation that I've had with a lot of kind of mid-level experience jumpers. Because it's someone, who, the person I usually have this conversation with is someone who has enough experience that they really don't think that they're breaking a rule. And the rule is kind of written in a way that might be confusing because, like, when you look at, uh, let's say you're looking at an aerial of our drop zone, you can see where the, the, the traffic flow is supposed to be over each area. And the rule's written that the pattern starts at a thousand feet. So the rule's kind of implied that under a thousand feet, you're going to stay over the landing area of, mm-hmm. of where you're flying, right? Because uh, imagine that it's a column of airspace that expen- extends all the way up to a thousand feet. So yep. if you're flying over, the, th- we call it the general landing area. That's the anybody can land their area. If you're facing south, it's to the left. It's to the uh, east. Yes, that's right. exactly right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <coughs> so if you're flying over that area under 1,000 feet, you're telling the world, hey, I'm going to land over this area because I'm already in this flow of traffic, <laughs> right? But let's just say, for the sake of... We'll just say we're flying landing south again scenario, that someone is going to start their pattern way too soon they're going to fly way, way far over into the uh, student landing area. So from the perspective of, of where you are if you're in the proper holding area to land in the D uh, area, yep. kind of over where our landing direction indicator is, just past that, from your perspective, that person's almost halfway into the student area because they've started way too soon. They yeah. go way far out of the way, and now they got to have this super long base because they started too soon. And then it, let's say... 500 feet is where this usually happens. They cross from that traffic pattern into the D-license area. And from from where I am in my holding area to the south watching this person, it's really hard to know if they're going to make their left-hand turn and try and land on the edge of where the student area is because they're trying to go for that shortest walk. Or if they're just going to keep flying right over the buildings and land right in the middle of, the, of sure. the D-license area, which happens a lot. Yeah, And so that's usually the person that I say, hey, uh, I just want you to understand the, the flow of traffic and where... I love how the way you said where you shouldn't be yeah. at, at certain points of flying your pattern. And uh, it's a really hard conversation to have or i guess it, it seems like a hard point for some people to grasp yeah and maybe why. maybe i'm not great at explaining it maybe that's part of the problem but it seems like a lot of people don't uh understand that they're doing something that if you look at the rules is against the rules
2: well yeah and rules are one thing but safety i mean and safety I, is to a me big, it's, yeah yeah like i've never been a big fan of the rules myself but <laughs> i'm all about like safety oriented things things happen for a reason right comes back to why does our gear work the way it does? Why are rules in place? Well, for the safety objectives, so keeping them separate. Something that I always tell people, uh, and I, I can't remember where I heard this. It must have been in my f- when I was still in the Air Force skydiving. But every single time you land, you need to land wherever you do, and then think about where you wanted to land, and think about what you should have done differently to get yourself there. So every single time you land, and this, I mean, is super important on when you're building a foundation of canopy piloting, canopy flying, knowing where your parachute is going, knowing how much input you need to go yourself five degrees to the right, five degrees to the left, whatever it is, like just every single time you land, look at, and if you landed on target that time, sweet, how did you do it? What, how long was your base? At what point did you turn base? What did the target look like when you turned on a base or on a final? So, like, it all comes back to that. That's something that I tell people anyways is if you want to get better at this, every single time you land, think about what you could have done differently to land where you wanted to land.
1: So do you have a strategy that helps you land where you want to land? I mean,
2: not as much anymore, but...
0: (laughs) Through the trees next to a beer. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Depends where the beer is. Excellent video. (laughs) Just like you said. Did we play? I
1: don't think I played that video the other night.
0: I'm not sure, man. Justin, find a... Or,
1: no, we played it on someone else's episode. We, we played it, uh, it two shows ago. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, we'll pl- play
0: it again, man. Look at <laughs> Bo's Facebook page, and you'll find a swoop from him from the dink-dink boogie over some trees. It'll stand out pretty good, man. Super <sighs> dope swoop. That's a fun well, one. Let's
1: say for someone who's trying to
2: improve their accuracy. Right, right, right. How, how, do, how do they do it? Um, <clears throat> so... there's Let, a. Go ahead. DJ, you're a canopy coach i want to
0: start with something that i think is highly overlooked and it it, it starts with the thing that you said first when you land i look at three points three data points where am i where did i want to be where did i start Mm -hmm. i must know those three things to get going i call this in in my canopy course it's a slide titled accuracy through consistency i hate powerpoint bunch of words on a screen so it's three words to prompt a conversation Accuracy through consistency. Fly your pattern the way you designed it, the way you meant it, the way you wanted to. Fly the altitudes, fly everything exactly the way you want. Patterns aren't truly in an exact science, mm-hmm. but fly it that way. Now, as long as your safety is not jeopardized, if you need to adjust for safety, change shit. Yeah. But as long as you're going to land safely, take the long walk. You need it. At least I do. And But <laughs> when you land, now I consistently flew this pattern. I ended 500 feet past my target. I started over there. Well, if I move my start point 500 feet this way, now I'll get close to my target. Yep. and that is the biggest overlooked accuracy thing that I've ever seen. Um, in, in all the coaching I've done, it's the one thing that that gets everybody in the right general area, and then from fine tuning. Yeah, what tips sure. would you give to fine tuning?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that for accuracy, like, so I started out on the Air Force Academy scouting team, and we I was on the demonstration team. So our goal was to land on a target get 500 jumps, get your pro rating, and jump in air shows in stadiums. So every single jump was an accuracy jump. Well, the The biggest factor to accuracy, and remember, this isn't with a whole bunch of other people in the pattern. It's kind of you. I mean, you have some other people flying also, but it's not quite as clustered as a normal civilian skydiving drop zone is. Um, either way, the, the biggest point to accuracy is the base leg. The base is when you can adjust everything. You can cut in short, you can take it longer, you can sweep it out, you can do a lot of stuff on your base leg. And so like that is something that I have always stuck with, and I still do it today when I'm setting up patterns for like a big turn, like a high performance swoop. Um, during my base leg, I'm saying, am I gonna get to my start point when I need to? And if I, if I need to adjust that, then I adjust it as, a, as needed. So I think the base leg like, is really, really important to fine tuning. Like you said, it's not yes. base will fix the problem that you set yourself up for in the start point, which is what you said.
0: July third on his timeline, Justin. If you uh, that'll help you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, like look at the videos Like yeah. this isn't it? This is July third on his timeline. So uh, accuracy through consistency. And here's another thing that I like to talk about with people is on no win days, how often do you overshoot the target? Most people say all the time. Yeah. On no one days, how often do you undershoot the target? Most people say never. If you overshoot the target, is there a potential for danger? Yes, hitting something. If you undershoot your target but only flew over your landing area, where's the inherent danger? Not flaring. Sure. You know, doing something really stupid. Yeah. Um, So I really much rather set myself up to be a little bit short. Yeah. Number one, it's easier. Number two, if I'm on my base leg and I'm a little bit short, pop a little bit of rears, not much more than that. Yeah, Maxine just did a. Uh, did you see Maxine's uh, video about not using deep breaks in yep. patterns? Yep, for sure. Uh, Maxine from Flight One did one. Uh, did a Tip Tuesday while you were off, basically. Yeah,
2: they they Flight One took over the Tip Tuesdays during the month of June, and they did when, a fucking phenomenal the, job. Oh yeah, for sure. For, I mean, they're the experts, right? They are the the top dogs at at all of this,
0: dude. They they I definitely look up to them as a canopy school. They do a phenomenal job. Their yeah. coaches are top notch um especially the founding crew those guys definitely oh. put their fucking licks in they've mm-hmm. learned about this stuff yeah um so i'm really a huge advocate of what maxine said there is avoiding using deep brakes in your pattern especially those of you surging to swoop because think about how much you suddenly imagine somebody driving down the freeway and then hitting their brakes super hard for no reason and then accelerating and then picture the traffic jam behind them Yeah, Uh That's what you're doing jamming in your brakes. But popping on your rears a little bit to extend glide on your base leg, a lot better than doing S-turns on your base leg. Totally. Mm S-turns is how I compensate for overshooting. Popping my rears is how I uh, uh, compensate for undershooting. Sure, yeah. So I really like that tip, man. I think it makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different approaches. I think it's confusing if we get into every little detail right now. (laughs) But I do like the idea of get coaching. Get coaching and, and learn from the best. Yeah, or
0: you can coach with me. Um, I'd be happy to help yeah, you out. Yeah, get
2: coaching here in Texas. <gasps> um, You're a coach. That's I, what I'm saying. Do I? I get I, coaching.
0: At this point, I'm doing about six out of eight days a weekend canopy coaching. My weekends have turned almost specifically into canopy coaching. Oh yeah, it's gotten big enough of a demand here in Houston that DQ is also doing canopy coaching with the Rating Center uh, here in Houston. So we're really upping the ante. Um, yeah,
2: he's a good guy. He's really <sighs> smart.
0: He he's wicked, and we're actually uh, l- we're gonna start some XRW camps. I say we, the rating center, is going to be hosting them. I'm going to be the guy behind the paperwork, the brains, the whatever. Mm-hmm. DQ's behind the talent, the knowledge, the information. I'm just the fucking promoter. Awesome. I, cool. I, I, I'm Dana White for skydiving. Um, <laughs> not really, but that's what I've come to find I'm good at is promoting shit. Um, it's an important job, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it, It's fun, dude. It, it, it's It's cool because in promotion, you're hyping up your friends. And you're bringing product to your friends. Yeah. You know, a good example, you and I communicated about you being here for this event, for the, the demo tour. And while you're here for the demo tour, it's cool to get PD here. It's cool to have you guys here. It's cool to help you. The jumpers at my drop zone fucking win. And that's the badass part. Hopefully. Oh, no. There's no hopefully that's about the it, man. goal. I'm going to say, and it's not, but I'm going to say it's the worst weather weekend ever. And you show up, the information, the knowledge people can get from you. Packing classes, packing seminars.
2: You're going to do a lot of packing demonstrations. (laughs) Yeah,
0: pro tips, man. Um, I love it when you guys are in town because they can hear myself, our packers, Ivy, our riggers say some really smart shit. And some of it is things that we've learned on our own. Most of it is what you said. Shit, we heard from the brilliant minds who came up with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I envy your job. I've been the fly on the wall with John LeBlanc and Bill Booth having conversations in a coffee shop and just sat there. Right next to him, letting them talk, going, holy fuck, dropping knowledge on me. It's crazy. Um, yeah. and, and then we get to repeat that. So yep. we're not smart, but to have you there. But this weekend, we got good weather. Hell yeah. You're in town. People can jump canopies. What is the demo tour? I, was, we're kind of the second half, and I want to really <laughs> talk about demoing canopies. Are we already? What time is it? It's uh, 9.05. We've been going about 58 minutes. Holy smokes. Okay. Let me get a beer. 802. 802. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, Miss Riley would also like a beer. So, hey, you like the uh, glass in the uh, cooler over there, Bo? Did you notice it? Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with an IPA this time. Nice. So, Bo is the PD tour. I'll give you guys a little bit of an idea of a background. Bo travels the U.S., and he has most size mains and most size reserves of all their popular stuff. Um, I don't think most of what he carries goes over a 210, and most of what he carries goes over a 120 or a 107 under, rather, with the exception of cross brace
2: canopies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hi, I got it.
0: So um, if you show up to a drop zone, or if PD shows up to a drop zone, and you have your own rig, Bo will put a canopy in your rig. You get to jump it to see what you like
2: yep yeah exactly what dj just said like it's a really cool thing the, the the awesome thing about pd is that we make a lot of different parachutes we we don't have just one canopy for all people between 50 and 500 jumps like we we have a campaign going on right now called the compare for campaign and on
3: that campaign i love those videos by the way
2: yeah, talking about the parachutes and yeah. the differences between them. Because, like I said, I don't want to throw any names out there, but a lot of companies, they you tell them that you have 100 or 200 jumps, and they say, okay, here, you get this thing. This is the parachute for you. Well, we have four of those. <laughs> we have the Sabre 2, the Pulse, the Spectre, and the Storm that fit in that general category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want. I'll just get what my friend has. And the thing about it is that everybody out there is an individual. DJ, you're obsessed with Mustangs. Nick <laughs> over here has a silly like uh, Ford <laughs> Transit van. Dude, don't, it's a child molester rape shit. van. You can't talk shit on the man van, all right? Oh, yeah. I think a it's a serious, awesome. serious van. Trust me, I live in a trailer. I'm the type that would love that van.
0: I feel like he's bringing me office supplies whenever he shows up, though. <laughs> right. no, I'm, that or- I'm dropping off the bodies of dead children, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or edible arrangements. That's... That's edible what I picture. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to get a wrap <laughs> made for Which would you band. want
2: of those three? <laughs> Office supplies, dead dead children, edible arrangements. Actually, don't answer that. I don't two, want of that those, <laughs> two of those go us. together, and I'm going to leave that at that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> Back so, to the point, though. Is that, like, care pair. Yeah, it was, so everybody's an individual. Everybody out there likes something different. They they set priorities in this or they like the way this is or whatever it might be so of those four parachutes we have uh a compa- campaign going on called compare four where you get to compare those four and in the past it's been really hard to do this because of course every parachute flies differently it w- different wing loadings different sizes uh how jump how many jumps the canopy has on it lines all this stuff however like this year because of the awesome team that we have at PD right now, we've been able to put together a sweet marketing campaign that just it gives videos, it gives charts, it tells people all about those four parachutes, and it compares them in ways of opening characteristics, toggle response, flare response, um, glide path, uh, like all sorts of stuff. There's nine characteristics, so I'm obviously forgetting a few at the top of my head. <laughs> but it's just a really cool thing to check out, and like that's one of the... The awesome parts about it is if you're a jumper and you don't know what to get, you don't know what parachute you might like, don't just listen to what your friend says to get. I mean, listen to them, but then go, like, do your own research. Figure it out because there's plenty of different options. Bingo. Exactly. And (laughs) He likes blondes. (laughs) Riley chimes in from the corner. We got in trouble here.
0: (laughs) I I love the series, and as a canopy coach, it's been a huge help to me because I regularly deal with people who are still on rental gear and say, what canopy should I get? What canopy do I want? And I try to match it to, A, what they tell me they like looking for, do and don't like, but, B, I watch how they flare, what their technique is, what their form is, and say, hey, man, the style you're using, you have two choices. Number one is you want to adopt your technique to a different canopy style or you want to adopt your canopy to your style. It, there's pros and cons to either one. Yeah. And I present it to him. And it's so nice that I can give him a range of canopies to mm-hmm. choose from. Yeah. Um, and then I can show him that video. And, and a guy I'm, I'm coaching right now, Fernando Ostos, I think you know him. Older, yeah. He actually he's like, DJ, that comparison video. He, he it crushed it for him.
2: He liked it? He
0: loved it, dude. Oh, that's
2: cool. Good feedback.
0: And I'm a little bit spoiled. I say I'm a little bit spoiled. I'm very blessed and, and blessing. One of my sponsors is Performance Designs, and one of the reasons I chose you guys is you don't have four canopies to choose from in that class. Performance Designs, in my opinion, has how many canopies are in that class in the market. Because it's always been very clear to me from the marketing team at Performance Designs that if a, if somebody comes up to me and says, Yo, DJ, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm doing. And the right answer is to say, Yo, bro, you're looking for a Sapphire. Then tell them that. Sure. And yeah. that, tells you, that that's how insecure PD is. We feel so good about our product that we don't care what you try and we want you what's best for you. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. That's what I tell people a lot, too. <laughs> like, I don't really care what... Main, you're flying as long as you have fun. Yeah, the end it, of the day,
0: it's a safe main. It's the right main for you, <coughs> and and you you've got those options. Yeah. Now you they they flare differently. I've actually heard people say this next comment. And I don't agree with it before I say it. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people say the pulse flares like shit. Okay. And what I'll go to is you're driving. What do you what did you drive here tonight?
2: Uh, Ford F two fifty.
0: I drive a Ford Mustang. They do not stop. The same. Fair statement. Really. Yeah,
2: Sure. right? Hmm. Yeah, no. Huh. Do they accelerate the same?
0: No. Oh, damn yeah. Yeah. um Yeah. Now, they also don't haul ass the same. They hook that trailer up to my car, and we're
2: fucked. You <laughs> um, can hook it backwards. up to my Jeep, though, and it'll still haul ass. Oh, yeah, dude.
0: You got to see his Jeep out there. That thing is fun. That that Jeep out there.
2: I saw that Jeep out there.
0: Will smoke my car.
2: Really? Yes. Not even nice. close. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: 0.9 seconds and a quarter is the difference. What? Yeah, full second and a quarter is what he has me on. It's impressive. Yeah, seven hundred
3: seven so. horsepower and four wheel drive, on a Jeep. On a yep. Jeep, yeah. What? That yep. thing is fucking <laughs> awesome. That's so, insane. Yeah. So welcome to Texas. Oh, it spins all four <laughs> tires. It's great. <laughs>
0: Things don't stop the same, right? Yeah. Canopies don't stop the same, and that compare four. <clears> That's something that you people should watch. It talks about the flare flare entry or, or where the flare power really is, and really. I interpret it as how deep I can consider starting my flare stroke. Mm -hmm. Sure. If you've started a proper, excuse me, if you've taken a proper canopy course, we have a canopy card to get our B license. How many people get that canopy card signed off on? without ever going through the motions with proper training.
2: Yeah, totally. That's I, do you think that's the majority? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think people that's most people
1: getting most ratings or <laughs> anything in skydiving, yeah. which sucks because a lot of it's just like, oh, you're my buddy, right? Hey, you saw me do this thing, right? Yeah, totally, I'll sign it. Yeah.
0: If you're wanting to just get it signed off, you're cheating yourself. I don't think most people getting that canopy card want that. They don't know. If you were just signing it off on your buddies, then you're cheating them and yourself because now they're unsafe around you. Send them to a proper canopy course. Greg Windmiller, Superior Flights, You wore his shirt yesterday.
2: Yeah, great. So great friend of mine. F- fucking brilliant. My brilliant guy just takes guy. care of me every time I'm around him.
0: Yeah, flight one. Um, us the rating center, the rating I think. center in Texas. Yeah. we in we, Atlanta.
2: Uh, right? N- no, Dallas. And te- well, you're not in Atlanta. Nope. Okay, no. but no. here in Dallas. Dallas Houston and Dallas, yep. booyah!
0: Houston, Dallas, and great jobs. Maybe sets. we'll announce a new place sometime in the near future. Maybe. Ooh, I want to know.
2: I want to know. You know, we talked about this at <laughs> dinner yet, lunch <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, but it's more fun to pretend I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, just just play blonde, dumb blonde here. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> I got to play the part. Um,
0: <laughs> it, it, go through what those guys taught you. Go through what Greg taught you, what PD taught you, or Flight One rather taught you, mm-hmm. and do and learn the flare of the canopy, the proper sweet spot. And and you'll understand how the pulse flares properly. Yeah, because totally. it does flare like shit if you flare it like a saber. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. If you flare a saber like a pulse, it flares like shit as well. You're so yeah.
2: See, so, yeah, you're going sky high. So I'm. <laughs> they're I'm, I'm sh- very different.
0: I'm showing up to the demo tour. I'm the average jumper who never got this proper education. How much information do you give these jumpers about how to test these campies, how to learn the flare?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I. I I guess like it depends. I I always try to one, have a good conversation with the individual so I can really feel out what they're looking for, what might be the best parachute for them. Normally people come to me with an idea of what they want. Not always is that idea the parachute that is gonna be best for them. Mm-hmm. Um But then when they're actually trying stuff, I mean, I try to give them, like, little uh, intricacies into the parachute, into the canopy. Little, like, things that might help them have a better landing or have a better flight. The Storm, for example, has a very super long control range. When people normally fly it in their first jump, they come back and they're like, yeah, that's a pretty docile parachute. Then I explain to them, well, actually, like... Go ahead. If you want to whip it in a big turn, take that toggle and don't be afraid to get aggressive with it because this thing has the longest control range of any parachute we build. So you want to get deep in the toggles? Go for it. That canopy is going to love it. Mm-hmm. So then they come back and they're like, holy shit, this thing was exciting. So it, every parachute flies a little bit differently. Like you said, the pulse, if you flare like a Sabre 2, it's not going to it's not gonna behave properly. If you flare Sabre 2 like you want to flare a pulse, you're also not going to have the great time. Um, one of the coolest things about the job is the fact that you see different people. Like, there's a ton of people out there that they fly a parachute because it's either what they have or it's what their friend recommended they fly, and they just don't have the best landings on it that they could. They come back and they they deal with it, and, you know, they crash here or there. They don't really stand them up. They slide them in. And, uh, you know, people have tried to give them advice. They've tried to give them little tips or pointers here or there. But in the end the better thing to do is find them a parachute that does work for that person. Whatever technique they have, there's gonna be a canopy that's suited towards that. So instead of trying to fix what you clearly are having a difficulty fixing, being the flare, Mm -hmm. find a parachute that's gonna respond properly to the way that you flare. And that's what I love about having these four canopies. Is like, if you are really quick in your flare, there's gonna be, we've got a parachute that's gonna handle that. If you're really slow in your flare, we've got a parachute that's going to have that. If you tend to flare high, cool, put you on something. like There's all these different options. And sure, you could teach anybody to flare the exact perfect way just as a human being. However, it's I think it's better to find them the right parachute for that person.
0: And realize if you're a coach teaching these things, an instructor teaching these things, or a canopy pilot, we all have limitations. Fernando, Osto's the guy I'm working with, he has some shoulder problems. And he can't get any power in the upper half of his range. So if he has uh-huh. anything that has that toggle stroke up high, it's a, it's a hindrance for him. Yeah. And as much as we talk about flaring a technique, he has to flare out, gets his arms super wide, and has to bow him out and looks yeah. like Hulk Hogan and crushing. Yeah. And it's, it's really entertaining watching because it looks it looks hilarious <laughs> it's so crazy how wonky, wonky his form is but we have found that is the form that works the best for his power got you and now i'm like hey bro you need a canopy where it's down here yeah because you've got a little less pressure up here you can get through it totally. you're good at strength down here let's let's tune that
2: so what did what is he flying right now
0: um he got a saber tube based off or no a pilot based off some recommendations okay um, he does great with the Navigator because that's what our large canopies are.
2: Sure, sure. And that's Light part, toggle pressure. Yeah.
0: That's part of why I'm like, hey, man, you want to consider a uh, pulse. is, is yeah. really why I'm pushing him because he's thinking about upsizing. Okay. Um, and he wants that deeper range. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, the pulse will fit in the container you have perfect. Yeah, it's always It'll nice. fit like a fucking glove. That's perfect thing about and it. And it's going to be the toggle range and pressure you need. Yeah. Um, he's also looking at the Spectre. Cool. Um, the Storm... Talking about it, I want him to try it. I want him to check it out.
2: Yeah, honestly, that's the first thing I would put him on. Yeah. If he feels really strong in the bottom end, like the Storm is nice light toggle pressure, but all the flares in the bottom.
0: My concern with the Storm for for a guy like him is he's very unaware of his lower body, and he gets super active in the harness. So it's a little more sensitive. And I love the Storm. It's super harness- uh, yeah. receptive it mm-hmm. is very receptive to harness input yep. um the reason i jump a specter not a storm is as an aff examiner you have to hold on to my harness on opening mm-hmm. i demoed a storm and almost got put in line twist twice had it for a few <laughs> days then said nope i'm not using that for this course anymore i'll still demo it but yeah. i'm pretty sure i'm going to stick with a specter now gotcha um I love that, and and that conversation of my my transition kind of brings me to the next question. So when I demoed the storm, I was jumping a Specter one hundred and thirty-five. I knew for sure I wanted to go to a one hundred and twenty for that next main, but I demoed a Storm one hundred and thirty-five, not a Specter one hundred and thirty-five. Okay. What's your thoughts on like like? So I come up to you and say, "Hey, bro, I'm jumping a a, a Pulse one hundred and ninety. I want to go to a Storm one hundred and seventy. What yeah. would you, you What would you have time and everything was." easy, what would you recommend a path be?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the argument that it's always smarter to either change size while keeping the same model of parachute or change the model and don't change the size, right? Um, so in this uh, case, it would either be a Pulse 170 or a Storm 190. Um, I mean, I don't... I don't I don't know. Like, it all depends on how many jumps the person has, how they feel in that parachute, if they're ready to downsize. A lot of times people, if they can't handle the canopy they're on, if they're looking to make a change, they shouldn't be downsizing. They should, if they want a change because they're struggling and need something better for them, I'm going to put them on the same parachute or the same size, but a different parachute. If they feel really confident on the Pulse 190, they're like, yeah, it's great. I've got no issues. I want to go to the next thing, a little more fun, and I hear the storm's good. Then I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I always have that conversation with people and figure out if they're doing well or if they're I don't know, still trying to learn things.
0: I wanna carry that conversation, but kinda Nick, I wanna go with you with this the first part. For me, I'm a I'm a big fan of I suggest to people and again I'm with you, it depends on experience level. Sure. Because if I'm talking to Nick, I think he can change plan form and size at the same time and have a good grasp of what's going on. But for most people, I recommend keep the size you're jumping, demo the same size, different plan form, mm-hmm. so you now know wing loading has no effect on what you do and don't like. Apples you to apples. You truly understand the wing. I like the idea of wing downsizing and crossing over, but it's just not as apples to apples. It's just there's a little bit of difference. Always. What do you think of those progressions?
1: Gosh, I had a really unique progression. Um, Where I learned there wasn't nearly as much, uh, there just wasn't as much to choose from, and it wasn't as at a big drop zone. I was at a drop zone that had almost exclusively precision stuff, and
0: hand him the ice.
1: And uh, so the the canopies that were around me, I just didn't feel like I had uh, (laughs) I didn't have many options. It was just like, oh yeah, you're on that. This is next. You're on that. This is next. So I was really just given what the next thing was from the people who seemed to know t- more than me. I think I'm uh, now being at SpaceLand, man, I see people a lot more privileged than I was about the information that's available and the equipment that's available. But because I went through my progression and was on a pretty small canopy when I got here and I haven't you know I haven't done a, I wouldn't know the first thing about canopy coaching, someone on a you know at a lower level. So yeah, I'd really just don't have a lot of ground to stand on when it when it comes to what I think good uh, canopy choices are for someone who's learning. I definitely think it's a it's great advice that uh, switch one thing or the other yeah. about about size or um, or canopy because if you if you switch more than one thing, you're not going to know <laughs> what the shitty distal, you know what the shitty part was. Mm-hmm. What well, you should go back to, but uh, you know, I, I think changing. Uh, when I started flying PD stuff, I the first canopy I had was a Spectre, and then I was on uh, Nitrons uh, for yeah. a, for a long time. Totally. Nitrons, hot dogs. To, mm-hmm. uh, my first cross brace canopy was an FX that had a Chaos mod, so the Chaos line set on it, uh-huh. and then from that was Chaos eighty eight, seventy eight, sixty eight. Yeah, and then uh, that's I told you the story the other day about switching to a Valkyrie. Yeah, for and sure. And how much. Uh, Better it's been in every every <laughs> respect, except for my ability to <laughs> not be a great canopy pilot, but do great freestyle. That's yeah. the only thing that's changed.
2: Right, the KS is sweet if you want to cut a lot of your lines off.
1: Yeah, cut away sure. the game
2: show. Oh my god, <laughs> one cool, of my favorite videos that. in yeah, the entire funny. world. I don't remember who was in that. jeffro
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, was it jeffro Jeff And
2: I can't remember the other guy. Who? BSE athletes. Ah, yeah, VSC yeah. athletes. V- Infinity <laughs> athletes. Riley chimes in again from yeah. the corner. <laughs>
0: Man, just, you know, if you want a super comfortable rig at a great price with the fucking best customer service in the world, with the cutest chick in the world designing your rig, I don't know. check She's out VelocityRigs.com. <laughs> <That's, Holy laughs> you. you should try dating her. I, I have, and it hasn't worked out so well. <laughs> yeah. Every time I've tried to date her, you've stepped right in front of me and said no.
2: Uh, <laughs> so once well, um, that's, that's just a pretty blonde face. the the dimples that you so ravishly speak of.
0: <laughs> so I don't have a chance because I don't have blonde and I don't have hair. Well, you're so. hiding all your
2: dimples under that beard of yours. The thing is, I can't grow a beard, so they're always visible. Oh, <laughs> man. I have I have very small
0: dimples when I smile, but they are hidden under a beard. <laughs> You'll never
2: live up to Bo's dimples, ever. Fuck no, dude.
1: <laughs> ever. I get lost in his dimples. <laughs> like my buddy, Zach Morris, right alone, there. right? But to finish answering <laughs> your question, well, the reason I started down that road was changing manufacturers, There's not there wasn't a straight step across with canopy size. So oh, yeah. it was either you know ha- I was flying a seventy eight and a sixty eight. Yeah. So I stepped in the middle to a seventy one, and I would say it flies pretty similar to the sixty eight chaos, except for there's just a lot more left in the rears and in the toggles.
2: I mean, the dive and in the, tide, and in the yeah, I mean the dive is and too and different. And a lot of <laughs>
1: Everything about it is different, but just as far as speed wise, yeah, yeah, it felt a lot like the sixty eight.
2: Gotcha, for sure.
0: It um. Oh damn, I lost
1: my thought. You were asking me what I thought about this N- canopy No, but you and just downsizing. said something that really brought Zach a good question in my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you have to do that. What you, want?
2: you want a beer do? Z- a what? I think, I think you oh want a beer, God. do Oh, my God. You definitely want a beer, do <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it's time that we do the beer, dude. So hold on one Just second. because we've only got about like, 40 minutes to I'm go. I'm seeing a
0: bag of Black Rifle Company uh, Coffee Company coffee sitting here. Uh-huh. A bottle of booze that's not normally on my booze table over there. That oh, I don't that's, that's
2: Second, that's later. That's like our congratulations Five we finished. Spoons uh-huh. and a banana. Oh, well, the banana was in case I got hungry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what's going That's on? Or with? in case you got lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, What uh, they do at Dallas, can you put a condom on a banana? That was one of the yeah, things that was right? pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. In free fall. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Man. <laughs> Have you seen condoms in free fall? <laughs> I've <laughs> never they,
3: seen them. They one. inflate like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> they look, I saw Stephanie Logue post a photo. They look then. like
0: legit, like, you know, blow bubble balloons, like giant <laughs> bubbles. They start <laughs> looking like that in free fall.
2: I mean, did you never? Take a condom and put it on the shower head of the shower as a kid and turn it on and see that thing just fall to the floor and be like, How is it still alive? Yeah, no. i the only one that no. did this. I <laughs> no. that's this is weird. Anybody, <laughs> Riley's
0: looking at him like, What? Let's the go back to dudes. Fuck, man. Uh, aren't you glad you're staying here instead? Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so, what does a beer do? Is that what you're saying? Okay, yeah. So, we have to do this because this is part, this is sadly and ridiculously become a part of the 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 tour and we're known um beer dues are where you take a spoonful of coffee grounds and you take a beer preferably fresh you know room temperature is fine cold if you like it that way and then you crack open the beer you take the spoonful of coffee grounds you cheers all your friends you throw the coffee back and you chug the beer
0: well there's a problem I won't chug a beer well, will you have a couple of sips of a beer? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'll drink. Okay. I'll, I'll drink some beer.
2: Okay, awesome. Yeah. Do you want to get a beer for that replacement of your little fuzzy drink?
0: <laughs> D- this, <laughs> is that a beer? <laughs> this is
2: grapefruit carbonated water.
1: Ooh, it's wow. Yeah, I said fuzzy drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuzzy close. Yeah, it's it, pink it, it, and it's <laughs> bubbly. Yeah, right? it really is. I, I don't love, take offense. Own that shit.
0: I, no, I do. I have no problem. I I love soda. Yeah. But I'm not drinking soda, so sparkling water, seltzer water that's flavored has been my go to. Oh, so I good. Love those bubbly. those are good.
2: No, I totally agree. I had to get Riley a soda stream for, for Christmas last year. Ooh, ooh. Are they worth it? Good boyfriend.
0: Do you do you use the soda stream uh syrups? Then that's the thing is is the soda stream syrups, but they're sugary still. They have the shit in it. All right, we're gonna have to talk later on. Riley saying not the sugar ones are sugar free. Do we options. have
1: a soda stream? I don't even put anything in it. You <laughs> just, just the bubble cur- water. Yeah, it's it's great, dude. It's super good. Agua con gas. See congas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah.
2: how I love My it. My little too. cooler
0: I show up to the D Z with every day has mm-hmm. three sparkling or three seltzer waters in it. Um that's why I drink at the drop zone and other in other waters, but that's my. I rely on that to keep me hydrated. Is drinking sparkling water. It Perfect. works for me. If you remind Tomorrow, me, I can. Five.
1: I can bring you plain sparkling water from my Soda Stream, so you can check it out. Me
0: me. for sure, dude. Me. I'll, 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 re- I'll forget.
2: <laughs> if you remind me, <laughs> I'll remind. <I'll laughs> all right, hey, we're getting distracted. So okay. We're doing beard? beardy, all <laughs> right, boys. <laughs> so start getting this Let's beardy ready. While well, he's getting this okay, beardy if anyone ready, anyone wants a beer, grab your beer now.
0: Justin, go ahead and uh, Nick. Are you going to have a beer? Can I take a couple swigs off your beer? Okay, perfect, man. So, Justin, yes. switch the camera over to you for a second, buddy. Oh, I was going to oh, show the
3: six swoop video. You're on
0: it. So, while uh, he's getting ready, man, Bo is at the Dink Dink Boogie. Dink Dink. Dink Dink is uh, whatever you drink, I'll, I'll, I'll share. Uh, how, the Dink Dink Boogie is where, uh, Justin, or Zach? Dink. <laughs> Bo.
2: Zach Morris. All right. <laughs> but everybody needs to grab a spoon over here and then get a scoop about this big. Riley, come over here. I'll get you one, Justin. (laughs) Dink, Dink Boogie is in Michigan, Hastings, Michigan. And while they're getting their coffee spoonfuls, I'll explain what it is. Dink, Dink, uh, used to be a crew boogie. Uh, and recently over the past year or two, they've started to expand it to more than just crew dogs. It's like, they've got some organizers in there, some wingsuiters, free fly belly. This year, AOS was there, uh, Val Sobel will kiddo from squirrel were there uh, doing wingsuit organizing let I me mean, think there were some belly organizers which I'm really sorry I can't remember who it was <laughs> uh, um, and obviously still lots of crew and the crew was sick oh my gosh it was fun if you've never done proper crew go ahead and like learn how to do take a course with the dog with the raw dogs because proper crew is amazing
0: I've, I've not done proper crew um, I've, I've done small amounts of proper crew Justin needs one. The majority of my crew—I'm so watching the swoop video—has been um, <laughs> uh, yeah. all with high-performance mains, and we've actually yeah, done points. Too. We've done rotations, uh, landed I two like sacks. The, uh, like,
3: bring me the bear. Where's <laughs> my dude? So yeah.
0: this is a sick fucking line, dude. Like, when did you realize what line you were gonna fly?
2: Uh, okay. So we—the boogie is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday boogie—and we showed up to the campground. So the interesting thing about Dink Dink is that it's not actually at a drop zone. It is at an airport where they come in once a year. And then all the jumpers stay at this little RV park. It's oh. called like Meadow Meadow Peak, Meadow Park, Meadow Lake, RV Park, something like that. And so as soon as I walked out of my campsite, started obviously looking around for lines because it was like, <laughs> we're definitely going to land here at some point. And this was the only... Well, I mean, as I was walking around, that was about the only line where I'd have enough room to get deep enough to sink it in, as well as run it out in the end. So, like, there was no other way to come in and have this much room to to reach the end. I had to come in where I did and then carve to the left to try and build off some speed. otherwise, it's a pretty small little landing area. It's super fucking tight, dude. Yeah, with a, with a small little parachute and no wind. I mean, you also had to... Okay, safety officer, coming in here. You had to make sure that there was the winds were right for it, and that there wasn't any crazy turbulence going on, and that the winds were in the right direction, and the landing area was clear. That's the thing I
0: want people to understand is when they see you hold on one second, let's do this. So
2: what we're doing we- the beardies. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, boys. Riley's over here giving directions. You let the
1: grounds he, kind of float in your mouth with the beer, right?
3: She's, she's you're saying gonna gonna, drop you're the put, jaw and open up your throat. You're going to <laughs> put the coffee grounds in your mouth. You're never going to do it with the little bird lips. Don't That's swallow. Right. Don't, don't chew
1: the I'm, coffee. I'm totally ignoring this to important the part. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you're going to miss the directions. i
2: going to have a great time. You're going to take the coffee or you're going to take the beer. You're going to let it swish the coffee down. All right, don't try and let it mix on coffee. its way. Let it just brew itself down into your belly <laughs> like a happy little couple, all right? I'm going to choke. Coffee and beer. All right. No, you're going to do great. <laughs> Hold on. We'll do we cheers with a spoon. Here it is Let's on take- Gravity Lab Radio, <laughs> baby. I'm so happy.
1: Just, uh, Justin, cheers. cheers. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> you too.
4: All right.
3: There you go.
0: Not bad, right, dude? I've never had a Hopadilla before. Mm. That's a damn good it's beer, good, right? Now I know why Ben it Nelson goes. drinks those motherfuckers. Man, IPA's yep. go with coffee mm. pretty well. That was a yeah. delicious mix. So very good. That was, so, good. Damn, that was side yummy.
2: Point, someday we're gonna have a, a beer do boogie, and we're gonna have beer and coffee pairing and tasting. Where you know, if you like dark beers, all right, then maybe you would like it best with this type of like. Colombian coffee, or yeah. maybe a, maybe a I don't know South African coffee, or something like. I just all came all back from different... uh, Scotland and the Deanston Distillery. We did a
3: uh, which is the bottle I have today, mm. one that you can only buy at the distillery. Uh, you can do a chocolate and whiskey pairing tasting. What? So I had four different whiskeys mm. and four different chocolates from a Highland chocolatier that came in and made those chocolates specifically for those whiskeys, it was, like, fucking oh,
2: mind-blowing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, they'll be doing coffee grounds. Just in a yeah, couple years. Right? <laughs> Once this makes it over to Scotland, I swear the Gravity it's... Lab
1: podcast... God, they're not even going
2: to know what fucking hit them. It is That's actually right. surprisingly <laughs> making it like all over the world. So, the Team Zion from Norway, mm-hmm. they're a fan of the Beardus. Some of the Fly for Life guys, they like Beardus also. Hey, I'm going to tell you, I do not drink very often, like <laughs> at all. I'd i do a beer a
1: month on average or less than that. Ooh. That shit was awesome. It was awesome. I highly highly so recommend the beer dew. That's Katie's way better gonna than vodka, be so Red happy. Bull.
2: KDP will love you.
0: So uh, I am the same does. boat. <laughs> the beer dew is fucking great. <laughs> I I I I look at it. I love coffee. I love eating coffee beans. I love coffee in general. Mm-hmm. Beer. I can deal with a beer. I just don't drink beer. Um. Holy shit. Bo ever offered you a beer do? Do it. It's oh. fucking worth it. It tastes
2: great, man. Thank man, you. People already wake me up at all hours of the night, begging for beer dudes. Now they're just gonna keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you you, so you you brought us the beer dude, man. Yeah. Come on. I want to. I want to. G- know you would like it that much, but <laughs> cool. now the shit's on the interwebs. One of us. What of us. So
0: you say KDP would be proud of us or something along she
1: that. She would
2: be proud. God, are we
1: going to get into a very graphic KDP conversation <laughs> right you now? You group have to? She,
0: <laughs> she actually gave me my first packing class. Group <laughs> We were supposed to have this conversation with Riley. We missed it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Bo, help me
3: out here. She's,
2: group Well. It really needs the prelude of Riley and her group pee. Riley does this thing where she holds hands with girls. and So does
3: she just strategically leave the room? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> she snuck out in the back. If Riley you will
2: squat down, and the people, whether it's a, normally it's a two-way, her and one other female, and they squat and they pee at the same time. I hold
1: hands with girls and pee, too. But when I do it, it's white pee. <laughs> 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 <Jesus>. <laughs> that's something i would have said it's a long yeah. time i used to make the white p joke a lot sorry i'm totally sorry to interrupt i just had to make the, the white p joke while yeah, i saw the, the opportunity. you apologize again no <laughs> I, I heard this whole story yeah. in the uh in the trailer yeah. And it's like groups of girls, right? It's, do it, they like, it has grown to groups of girls. They like build formations and all <laughs> s- squat at the same time. Yeah. And hold hands and pee together. Weirdos, right? Can't so even believe so it. what's the, what's the point oh, what? of the what's the point <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty weird. Hang on, there's <laughs> a strange There's a function in the hand-holding, though, is there
2: not? Balance? They kind of lean on each other. Yeah, Absolutely. So they're holding hands and using that as an anchor <laughs> to squat and she's so disappointed.
0: Nobody was in the bathroom to hold your hand. How disappointing was that? Yeah, how did you pee? How <laughs> did, did, did you pee do? without a pee, buddy? <laughs> it was very lonely, she says. So, so the weird part oh is, is I God. picture them as two ways, as these two girls squatting, <laughs> pissing, looking at each
1: other in the eyes.
0: Is this how this is going, Riley? And she's like, yes, this is exactly it. <laughs> to
1: hold each other up. She's saying, you use each other's body weight to hold each other up.
0: Just you just, just lean back it, and hold?
1: How intimate is it when it's just two people?
0: Oh. Hold on, Riley, come on over here. Roll, roll, roll yeah, back. do you <laughs> want this microphone?
1: Roll on.
3: Not super intimate. You know, you hold the eye contact, it makes it kind of a business transaction. Do you moment. really
1: look at them in the eyes? Yeah, that's ah, of course, it not it's always. awkward if you break <laughs> eye
2: contact. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> I think it's inappropriate. Uh, that's for um, amateurs no, you're yeah, no. it gets inappropriate
1: if break, break on eye contact I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to picture a scenario wh- where I would ever be peeing and looking DJ in the eyes the whole time and oh. feeling anything okay about the decisions I had made in my life
3: that's because you can stand to pee by yourselves
1: yeah. I guess that's true mm-hmm. Man. Also, it's you're different clearly for us girls oh, so it's a hard life seen. out here I guess it's, a, it's probably kind of a Mm-hmm. So a, it's about a revelatory like a, a moment. A
3: mutual mm-hmm. support thing, like keeping each it other is, upright. It is, you know? Like, I get you, you get me.
1: <laughs> it's, r- it's a rough world out and there for just, us women. Just another and example I'm, that we it we always takes two, two women to do the job of one man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 we have launched
3: four oh, ways, oh. and uh, asked Bo about the 12-way he tried to organize.
2: I really tried <laughs> to make it happen at <laughs> Carolina Fest. What? Well, I was... <laughs> Uh, this is an embarrassing story. <laughs> I was tell it Here's That tells story. I was jealous of the girls always gonna do their group peas. And I want to do Group peas with all my homies. When
3: bathrooms are available, we usually pee like normal people. But oh, out you know, true. at a yeah. boogie, you're camping. Thanks for You have clarifying. to do the camping pee.
2: Yeah. Uh and and the girls always gotta do their things, So we have a group of really good friends and we're oddly comfortable around each other. So, I rallied up the idea of a big old group pee where the guys got to do it too. And so I was running around and telling all of our friends stuff. Is, is this a co-ed group pee? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. It's totally. getting sexy, I yeah. love it. It oh, is. Wow. Both. Okay. So, I came up with the idea that the guys could kind of tuck their, you know, things behind their legs and try and pinch them off so they stayed pointing downwards as you squatted over. <laughs> so it kind this of worked in effect of a weird
3: like Silence a of the lambs type yeah. shit going on.
2: I well, do me. Okay, in... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so you guys all have your manginas worked. Worked. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so we had the Mangitis. manginas. <laughs> there was, I don't know, like
2: 10 of us or so. You know,
1: if you do that same move <laughs> mm-hmm. and turn around and bend over, yeah. we, we used to call that doing the goblin because you got backwards? a big nose and the eyeballs and stuff in <laughs> your dick and balls back behind <laughs> you. Oh, you oh mean the, goat the goat. <laughs> the, yeah, goat? the goat. the goat. The goat? I called that the goat. Yeah, we uh, called it the goblin. What's that, mo- what's and then that you, you movie? What's that movie? You smash school?
2: Yeah, no. the Mallrats? Where they're working in the kitchen. The oh, waiting. Cooking. The bat wing. The, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. yeah, yeah. the brain. Waiting. Yes, yeah. the brain. Yeah. The goat. The goat? Right, anyway. Okay, sorry. We, we went goblin. out there, and we were trying to do this, and it just... It didn't quite work as expected, I guess we could say. Uh, like, it's really hard to... Whole, it's really hard to hold your wiener tucked in your legs as you're trying to pee. <laughs> so <laughs> it ended up falling apart, and we had like just six or eight guys <laughs> standing in a circle <laughs> peeing on an. Same spot, just standing up, just peeing (laughs) together. So at least we kind of had a group pee, and I will call it a success. But But we weren't peeing on on each other. I mean,
1: that's a lot better than we all fell over and pissed (laughs) on each other. Yeah, kind of the the uh, ending I was expecting.
2: It's the ending I was hoping for. Said and done. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking it might are you have naked? been
1: like
3: a Dutch writer situation or something. Hold on. Are you fully
2: <laughs> naked? I mean, your your pants are
1: down, of course. I mean, but, would you... I mean, I'm just thinking with my pants around my ankles and tucking my dick back, I'm going to piss all over those pants. <laughs> Actually, that's... So
2: I am taking those off See, first thing. That's something I overthought. <laughs> I wasn't thinking completely clearly when I had um, dirt dived this, when I'd come up with this. <laughs> <laughs> so... Dirt dive the bee. <laughs> this
1: was Bo's concept. Yeah. This was his idea.
2: Most of my ideas don't work.
1: No, dude, this is a solid idea. I think it just needs a little more planning.
2: Thanks, man. All I think right. we
1: can pull it off as long as we pull our pants off. I
2: still have hope, also. <laughs> uh, I'll be someday there. I'll, I'll be there. With you.
1: It's kind of like he that. says
2: that as he holds eye contact. It's like the round <laughs> yeah, we built the other up. day. <laughs> it took a couple tries. <laughs> it did get, take a couple tries. Uh, We all flew in the tunnel the other day, in case anyone's missing it, and it was a blast. And some serious right-hand to left-hand donut maneuvers. Uh, At one point, Tex jumped on top of me and held me down under his legs and tried to, I'm not sure if he was having his (laughs) way with me. Dominate you? No, I'm not going to say that. I think it was love. There was some love going between us. but
0: Why? Did he do that? What? What? What antagonized yeah, him? Out the of
2: control! Because
0: you fucking nut tapped the dude <laughs> in the middle of the tunnel. I mean, if you know me, if you hang out with me, there's two games I like to play. One of them is nut tapping my homies. Number two, Tex has been set up with a five way in the door, checking eye contact with everybody, getting ready to start his count, and I'll cup his balls as the group behind him to fuck with him when the count. not true. So, nice. fucking with text balls and nut tapping people—my two favorite things. You Just did Texas at once. Balls
1: are your favorite. Uh, yes, pretty much. God, they are handsome balls. I bet
0: they like. are, dude. Bill knows about them. Hey, uh, Bill.
1: Bill. Bill definitely knows. Know. I'm sure my parents have tuned off by
2: now. This is oh God, sorry. <laughs> They're probably so proud of hearing me.
3: Yeah, your uh, your dad was on. I don't know if he still is. Yeah, this (laughs) is a point
0: where you hope that they got
3: they lost interest in us. (laughs) Sorry, Dad.
1: (laughs) So let's get off the male pissing
0: thing. Oh, dude, back to skydiving. I thought my I have two weird male pissing. habits fetishes <laughs> yeah so one of them <laughs> is is if you walk in the bathroom the same time <laughs> as your homie where uh, whatever urinal he walks up to as he walks up to it and starts to undo his pants immediately walk in at an angle and try to fit into there <laughs> cross so, swords yeah, well i mean nobody's pants are even down yet but they're like what the don't bro? cross <laughs> the streams bro <laughs> that and i like walking up to a urinal as i unzip my pants and look down i'll unzip and go yo what's up bo and Bo standing next to me he goes oh what's up oh no no I'm sorry dude I named my dick Bo <laughs> so if you've ever been in a urinal with That's me funny. you know these jokes <laughs> yeah. but back to skydiving a question that Nick you talked about size there's no uh, comparable <laughs> comparable size from. yeah
1: smaller's better with everything uh, okay ladies small, we went from group to talk about
2: size
0: small and fast <laughs> just like the ladies want it right Bo
2: yeah. I don't know anything about that <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Riley seems to not care um, mm. We just use a vibrator every time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have never seen Riley just completely dumbfounded, and Thank you've Bo.
2: She's finally blushing. i finally got her job.
0: <laughs> um, some manufacturers in the past have measured differently than other manufacturers. In other words, and I'm just going to use a standard number, one manufacturer's 120 is different than another's because some measure flat, some measure inflated. Yep. Are manufacturers still measuring different, and what does all that mean?
2: Um, okay. So I, as far as I know, I believe so. Uh, everything that I've been told, and if it's changed, then somebody can happily correct me. But as far as everything I know, certain manufacturers do measure differently. So, um, like as far as reserves go, we have the optimum, which is our low bulk reserve. So we have it in sizes. Uh, The the most common sizes, let's just say 143 and 160, is a very popular size of the reserve. So the optimum is going to pack a size smaller in its standard conventional F-111 reserve. Um, And other manufacturers may have low-bulk reserves as well, but they don't necessarily use the same fabric as us. Actually, they don't use the same fabric as us because our low-bulk fabric, PD's low-bulk fabric, is proprietary. It's used only for... PD products, and it's designed and invented by PD. PATH in-house? P- uh,
0: PATH. PAF. Thank, yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a fabric that nobody else can use. And f- for sure, it is very, very top of the line. The optimum fabric was designed around that fabric. This, I'm sorry, the optimum reserve was designed around the, that fabric. We didn't take our PD reserve, which has been the, the tried to and tested reserve for the past 30 years. We didn't take that and just change the fabric on it and call it a low-bulk low bulk reserve. We actually built a new reserve from the ground up to be optimized around this low-bulk fabric. So it's it's a pretty cool thing. But back to your original question, yeah, definitely different manufacturers will measure differently Different canopy sizes will fly differently. They'll pack differently. So there's really no, like, unfortunately, there's no exact science. There's no exact way that the entire skydiving universe has come to measuring parachutes.
0: So I want to explain this a little bit deeper for, for the average listener. If you want to call a canopy 120 square feet, you measure the span or the width of the canopy, the cord or the depth of the parachute, mm-hmm. and you do the math, and you find the square footage, and that's the size of your parachute. Some manufacturers will lay the canopy flat out on the ground and measure span and cord. Some manufacturers will inflate the canopy and measure span and cord. Um, and an inflated canopy, and help me out if I say this wrong, an inflated canopy will have a shorter span than an uninflated canopy. Um, cord not as affected.
2: I'm not sure. I don't, wanna th- yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, do you know which way PD measures their canopies? Inflated, uninflated?
2: Uh, I don't know enough to confidently say it right now.
0: Here's the thing that I'll bet money on. The next time I ask you this question, you will have an answer. Yeah, it's probably true. And that's the thing, that's, that's the thing I love about you is, is <laughs> A, you're not afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. Such Part a job. Well, fuck the job. Life skill.
2: Yes, that's don't true. be a bullshitter, man. Come on. Such a life yeah. skill,
0: dude. It, it, it really is. And number two, you hate not knowing.
2: I also do that. Yeah. So you will know. go
0: find out. Yeah, for sure. So I have a request. Yeah. The last time I'll see you is Saturday afternoon because, as you know,
2: I'm leaving earlier than you. Yeah, I'll know by tomorrow at noon. I love you. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that to your dimples <laughs> as I look into them. So, I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten in terms of this job is never be afraid to tell people you don't know and you will get back to them. And then get back to them. Because it's not the saying, I don't know, that impresses them. It's the saying... It's, it's the actually getting back to them that they're like, oh, wow, he actually took the time and figured it out and then got back to me. So I try and do that as much as I can. If I don't know I'm yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Beats me.
0: <laughs> as instructors, don't be afraid to say that and don't be afraid to do that. I think that's such wise advice, man.
2: Dude, yeah. I mean, like, I work for the company. People expect me to know everything and at the end of the day, I'm just another, I mean, I'm just a skydiver that is taking taken on this role and I'm trying to learn as much as I can but I don't know everything so I would, try and find it out but i don't have every answer how many skydives do you have i don't think we've touched on that i have about 3200 awesome yeah
1: if you're if you're gonna go do your favorite fun jump what what's the one thing you're gonna do you're paying for a jump ticket you want to have
2: the most (coughs) fun possible Mm. what are you doing ready for brownie points boys Jump with Riley. Oh, come oh. on.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pretend like Riley's not here. Yeah. And answer that question honestly. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I love a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I've been really trying to organize like high-performance flocks this season and last season. Um, I love doing high poles. Flying my parachute is obviously my favorite thing. I've been getting big in the competition. So that's definitely a goal of mine. It's something that I keep pursuing. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I still like going out and like hucking a free fly jump. Definitely not a f- good free flyer, but I'm trying and angle jumps are fun. Belly jumps are fun. They're
0: it's, pretty easy going. I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree a little bit with Nick. And as far as when you say Riley, you're not just browning, brown nosing and you call the brownie points. <laughs> I was asked recently, it, what was my favorite discipline? And my answer is jumps with good friends. Mm-hmm. I could go out on a freaking nasty jump with these shredders who would make me look awesome or do a jump with a guy who has 40 jumps who's a homie of mine. I'll take the homie jump every day of the week. Sure, yeah. Um, now, if the homies are shredders who can make me look badass, that's the best guy I can ever be on. Like <laughs> flying with Nick. Yeah. I mean, Nick made us totally. all look
1: good in the tunnel. There's no doubt he makes us look better. Untrue.
0: Um, you helped a lot, dude. You you definitely... I had a
1: lot. I think we all had an equal amount of fun and all contributed.
0: So, hey, man, if uh, I decide to take some of this... I have some outstanding tunnel time myself. If I decide to go to the tunnel mm-hmm. in the middle of the week and go fly, will you come fly with me? It's there's all a, on me.
1: There's a good chance you can talk me into that. Okay.
0: Because um, a lot of like what we did yesterday, I digested, I, I thought about. One of the things I had a hard time grasping from you yesterday was strong legs. And today and yesterday, I digested strong legs and what you were saying... And the tunnel was not strong. And I think at the end of the session you, you saw, I realized that you weren't saying strong this way, strong hold them.
1: Just uh, So imagine that you're standing up on the ground. Yes. The moment that you stop pushing your feet into the ground, what happens next? You I'm on my over. back and you're flying <laughs> yeah, next you, to me. Yeah, <laughs> you fall down, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily straight <laughs> legs. It's not pushing them down until your joints don't extend anymore. It's just pushing them down and keeping them where they're at. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like sitting on a wall. That strength you need to hold yourself upright it, is that. So today, as I thought about it and equated it, it was when I would do a three sixty. At the end of that three sixty, my legs would start to relax. I would yeah, forget you, about it. If them. you
1: let your legs come up, so you never. I, and I'm not the strongest upright flyer in the world. I want to make that very clear, especially with the world of tunnel instructors and how good those guys get at it. Text. I am not one of them, uh, but. Uh, the you should never let your hips, the angle of your hips to your torso, like your your knees should never be above your hips when you're snow flying. You you should never break that ninety degrees. It should always be ninety degrees or straighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the moment that you let your legs come to the side of you, you're you're either gonna have to turn with that leg because you're exposing the side of your leg, which starts to turn, so you could do that in turn, but the moment that you don't do that, your legs are to the side, and you're not being strong with pushing your legs down into the wind, your legs aren't going to be beneath you for very long.
0: Yeah. For me, it's the lack of, of keeping them where they're supposed to be. It's a weakness, and just flying with you, definitely the communication you gave me. It takes me sometimes a while to pick up on it, but I like it. Text for me, is, is right now my favorite tunnel coach. I haven't done tons of work with him, but VFS... I think you flew with us on that VFS camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. That um, you know, when we did that VFS camp, you really were the quiet one in the tunnel. Jay and Tex were leading in the communication. I flew with you guys. Jay did a f- uh, Jay did the most talking and definitely communicated good stuff. And I say most talking, most communication in tunnel. Tex would say uh, less than Jay, but man, when he said it in the tunnel, the way he speaks to me in the tunnel, I think you know what I mean. He's just mm-hmm. authoritative. Yeah. Man, like watching him train you, dude. I, I I was impressed yesterday. Uh, Riley and I were in the chamber, and there was one point Bo was talking about putting your leg behind you. Yeah. Tech Texas talking about that. Yeah, yeah. The way you receive and transfer information to your body is very impressive.
2: <sighs> tunnel I, is not my thing. I
0: have, I, I struggle receiving yeah. that information, understanding what they're saying, <clears> and watching you pick it up quicker was, was really impressive. Yeah. Thanks. So swooping <laughs> is. Sucks. <laughs> swooping is. Uh, it doesn't suck. It just costs more money than I got. Oh um, <laughs> no,
2: it's not my thing. <laughs> it's uh swooping is your thing. <laughs> swooping is. Yeah, canopy piloting. So
0: earlier this year, and Nick, we might go a little bit over time, not tons on this one. Just tell my girlfriend she's gonna be mad. Sweet, blame me. Oh uh, uh, no, she's out of town. I'm home alone. Let's fucking <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it going. <laughs> um, you recently just said
2: fuck it. I'm gonna
0: try an FLCPA because I'm here. Right. Yeah. What's FLCPA, first of all? So
2: FLCPA is sweet. It's the Florida Canopy Piloting Association, and it is the largest association of swoop or canopy piloting competitions in the U.S. for sure. It's a consecutive. There's six meets going on this year, and most of them are in Florida. But they're not all in Florida. There are three. Uh, sorry, there are Paraclete in West Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. There is, so there's two outside of Florida, four in Florida. So it's called the FLCPA, but it's actually kind of the southeastern region. Mm-hmm. And it's it's awesome, man. They've got skill ranges from beginner, medium, to the best in the world. The, the best in the country are competing there. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I took a go at that this year.
0: So I think you happened to be there with PD or in some capacity and said, fuck it, I might as well compete. That's yeah. how this turned out to be. Yeah, sort of. How'd that first competition go? First of all, bottom line, how did that competition go? How did you place?
2: Yeah, so the first one this year was in February at Zephyr Hills. And it was, I mean, it was I went into it just being like, yeah, might as well try. Like I live in Florida and I like Canopy and this is definitely something that I want to progress in. So I went out and tried it, and I had a blast. I ended up finishing first place. Nice. Which was like a total surprise, and there was a lot of kind of mix-up in the, the scores where some scores were missed, and the judges had to like recalculate off and on. And But I ended up first, and it was it was a blast. And then I was like, holy shit, does that mean I have to do a second one? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I thought and I could. could just do one and then be done. <laughs> But then I did the second one, and that was uh, really fun, too, and that was also at Z Hills, I think. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it's Sebastian. Um, so then, yeah, did that one. It was a, a really good time, too, and w- winning that one. And it's like, wow, God, I guess I am doing the entire season now.
0: And we're in, first of all, how many classes are in FLCPA?
2: Uh, oh, excuse me. I have to pee really bad really trying to hold it dude go pee
0: pee, man not a problem hey riley switch places there you go okay time out
2: we'll go back to flcpa and
0: really riley you don't have to change places you can go sit there if you want because what we'll do is justin switch the camera back to you now that we're not showing video of Bo, and right over justin's shoulder his right his right shoulder is a flyer man the gravity lab film festival we got those flyers printed up today Uh, The Greg Lab Film Festival will be at Skydive Spaceland Houston, Skydive Spaceland Dallas. You'll see these flyers this weekend at Spaceland Houston. You'll see them in a week and a half at Spaceland Dallas. I'm getting those shipped out uh, this week or or next week, the beginning of the week. Um, Go to our event listing on Facebook. All the details are there. But, Nick, what can you win at the film festival?
1: I believe I could win a GoPro 6.
0: I could win...
1: uh all sorts of uh, prizes and discounts from uh, companies like Velocity Sports Equipment, Cookie Helmets, uh, LMB, LMB, yeah, LMB is l- giving away some awesome altimeters. Each location winner will win a free Aries
0: Two. If you're not familiar with the Aries Two, the Vizo Two Plus, what most of us know, the Aries Two Plus is or the Aries Two is a much larger version of the Vizo, so to speak. Metal body, glass screen, super, super dope, really nice product. Falling out of control. It's uh, a $400 fucking device that they're giving away. They're giving away one to each winner. And then a Pro Track 2, a $350 device, l is hooking it up and giving that away as well.
3: Let me see if I can read the sponsor. <laughs> so we got... A P- TandaWii e- jumpsuit. Oh, a yeah. We is
0: giving away 100% off a of jumpsuit. Uh, a pro jersey. These jerseys we're wearing, built by uh, Option Studios. Adam Buckner will design your jersey for you. He'll give you a couple base graphics and then whatever logos or whatever you want to include with it and will make you a one-of jersey. It doesn't have to be one-of. If you have this custom-made jersey and you want to order more, he will sell you more. He's in business after all. But uh, he will make you yours free. No obligation to order anything. Have your own fucking jersey. That's dope. And free jumps. Free jumps. The total grand prize winner gets six free jumps at Skydive Spaceland and the adoration of Nick Locke. I, that's
1: not guaranteed. It is not
0: um, <laughs> all the hug you can get from Charity Perkins. That is a guarantee. Um, she will throw down with that. So Dallas-based crew, Charity Perkins and Brad Perkins. People do that all the time, though. Um, they're going to be hosting it in Houston or Dallas. Ben Nelson, who has not been on Gravity Lab Radio in quite a while, but he will always be part of our family. Um, always will be there to me. Uh, yeah, like w- a redheaded stepchild. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Oh. That's offensive. Yeah. That's a racist <laughs> comment. And it's not offensive <laughs> to redheads. It's offensive that we called you anything remotely to Ben. That's yeah. the real offense. You
3: lumped me in with that category. That's fucked with up. With Ben.
0: That's fucking horrible, dude. I mean, hey, it was his birthday yesterday. Did it you was, were yeah. him birthday? I did. 40th birthday yesterday. Him and I uh, were actually on the phone talking business. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. by the way, happy birthday. So... Ben turned 40, and if you see him at Skydive Spaceland Dallas, give him a giant hug and say happy 40th birthday. He, he will appreciate them. it. Uh, thank you both. Thank he you so much. hugs. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then also, when he, he unwritten... seems to
2: get angry, just keep holding him. <laughs> yeah, that means <laughs> squeeze <him> tighter. Tight. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh,
0: so October 20th, 2018, the film festival. An
2: unwritten rule of
3: entering the film festival is your video must have Jimmy Wynn in it.
0: Holy fuck. <laughs> I want to <laughs> rename it the Jimmy Wynn Festival. <laughs> Jimmy Wynn is one of our local jumpers and he was there were 12 entries to the film festival in Houston last year. Pretty fucking dope turnout. I think 10 of them, maybe only no no, 9 of them had Jimmy Wynn in them. He was in everybody's video <laughs> including your trailer.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's sure he sure was. <laughs> yeah. So He's
0: in a lot of my good footage. He's a good flyer, man. He he's a he's a great flyer. He works super fucking hard to do what he does. Um, it doesn't necessarily come naturally. It comes with work ethic, and he gets on everything he can get on, no matter the level he wants to go have fun with his homies. So he gets on all of them. So, Bo, you've now placed first twice at FLCPA.
2: Yeah. So, well, you asked what were the categories, right? Yeah, what classes are we with? Yeah, okay. So in FLCPA, there is, it's awesome, there's a beginner category, um, which is mostly... Uh, kind of the non-cross-brace to first cross-brace canopies. Let's say a Katana or a Comp Velocity for PD. Um, there's also some Crossfires, some JVXs, JFXs, that type of parachute. And then after that is the Advanced category, which is the kind of the next level up. Uh, and that is your... Every once in a while, like a Convelocity, as well as a Valkyrie. You have some Leia's and some JVX's occasionally in there. Mostly Valkyries and Leia's. And then the next category up, which is the top, the, the, the open level, which is all the pros. And that's the level where you have the Peregrines, the Petras. Uh, and those are the people that have been competing for years, have earned a spot in that very top category, have earned... Um, the, the the recognition for flying those very, very high-class, super comp- competition-only wings.
0: And right now, you're competing in the intermediate-middle-class.
2: Yeah, advanced. I was in the advanced all year long. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, you have to compete advanced in order to earn a slot in the top, in the open category, uh-huh. or the pro. Open, pro, they call it the same thing. Um, so, you have to compete advanced. You have to be top uh, five to ten, somewhere in there, in order to earn a slot in the open.
0: You say earn a slot. Five to ten seems like an ambiguous way to say earn a slot. Is there is there an accumulation of points? Is there a decision by a committee who says this guy's good enough, he should be able to com- co- um,
2: compete at I, this level? Not as far as I know. Um, so Albert Birchstall kind of runs the FLCPA, and he might have some like more insight into who gets selected. As far as I know, which I've never really looked too too deeply into it, it's mostly if you come out and you do really well in advanced, uh, being either the top 10 or you've placed really, really well in the com- uh, few competitions that you've been in. Or I think if you go to nationals and you're like the top three. I think top three in advanced nationals
0: right? can go open.
2: Then, then you earn BCPA. your pro card. Yeah. yeah. And there's rules that, again, I don't know exactly what they are. I found it by Google. Boom. (laughs) So uh,
3: earning your pro is by placing in the top 20% of the amateur membership during the prior year season in their district.
0: Hence the range of numbers. Yeah.
3: Or uh, pros from abroad will be permitted to compete. So girls. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Compete in the open class at USPA Nationals and earn a place (laughs) on the US National Canopy Piloting Team. Uh, win the overall in the advanced class at USPA nationals, or mm-hmm. have experience at the discretion of the lead director that qualifies a pilot to complete as a po- pro class pilot.
0: Yeah. And the lead director would be
2: Albert. Albert, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, dude, what a so great dude! Kind of vague. Oh yeah, I mean he's a genius. He he has been around the sport for so long. He's seen so much. Like there's a lot to be said about somebody that spends that much time in the industry. Him mm-hmm. and Rusty Vest. I mean, they both like. There's a lot to be said about a skydiver that is an instructor for thirty years or twenty years, and they, you know, have chucked fifteen thousand tandems. That's great. That is right. No discredit to them. Impressive. Yeah, absolutely. But there, for somebody that has worked in the industry and seen how things have changed that direction in the last fifteen or twenty years, like that's amazing. That's crazy. And now Al, Albert's done a lot. Not
0: only does he work at PD and marketing, but he also. Is, uh, been on the
2: US team many
0: times. US team, high performance camping pilot, and also yep. a board, uh, regional director for USPA.
2: USPA, yeah. And the uh-huh. treasurer for the I think board, the director. treasurer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, awesome. Ooh, That's man. my boss. Hi, Albert. That <laughs> fucking, I hope you're listening. <laughs> what an
0: underappreciated job he does. The the treasurer. Yeah, fucking crazy. So you you he have,
2: does great. No, he's he, a, he's a really smart guy. He's done I'm, a phenomenal. I mean, like I said, I'm not impressive because of what i know it's because of the people that have taught me and albert is one of those
0: yeah but i'm going to say you're impressive to your openness to learn from them (laughs) i'm going to say you're impressive in your ability to communicate what they've communicated to you because i think you've seen enough and you can understand that not everybody is open as you've allowed yourself to be well thank you and not everybody is as effective as communicating information as you are so you deserve some of that credit there's no doubt we've learned from other people and I bet money today you say things differently. You, you found your own way to say certain things, not everything. Yeah. So you definitely do well. So you fell into the That's Swoop funny. Tour, Sweat and Done, you, you're, or the FLCPA. Mm-hmm. Where are you at now with FLCPA? What's next?
2: Okay, so I finished out first on the season for FLCPA. So for advanced category, um, they do like an overall at the end of the season where they take all your scores from the season they add them all up. And so I, I ended up first on that because I won three of the meets, and then I got second in the fourth meet, and I didn't participate in the other two. And so the way it works is there's six meets, and they take your top four scores. So I did four meets total. I'm not going to do the other two. Uh, and at this point, just the way the scores worked out is I finish out first on FLCPA for the season, I'll do nationals in September, which is going to be heaps of fun. I'm really excited.
0: Where's uh, Canopy Nationals at this year? Sebastian. There's okay.
2: crew, CP, as well as accuracy. All Canopy stuff is happening in Sebastian this year. In the, in the later half of September. And then next year, I'll go to pro. And I have to compete with the really, 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 really good people. How does <laughs> that make you feel knowing? Well, I get nervous. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I mean, they're the best, you know? Like... They've earned their slot. They're there for a reason. It's nerve-wracking as shit. You've earned your slot, yeah, you're dude. earning yours the same way, though, right?
0: I mean, yeah. I, I've watched videos of you. I've kept track of you. Since I've met you, so scary. you've been on my radar. I mean, you know, part of it is, is there's a business relationship I deal with. You talk to you, help you, you help me. But a big part of it is, is I met you. You're a fucking super nice dude. I am a huge I'm a fanboy to a point where I see somebody who's doing well, and I just cheer for them. I love seeing people succeed. And you're cool. not
2: getting lucky, dude. You <laughs> are
0: fucking doing it, and you're doing it well. So you've earned your shot, man.
2: Well, thanks. Yo, I keep trying, for it, sure. And you're dreamy. Ah, oh, that's dude. the biggest thing. <laughs> I get the judges with the smile on the walk-in.
0: If a Ken doll and Zach Morris had a baby, it would be you.
1: So, oh, you think so? Yeah, if yeah. you can combine freestyle moves with winking and smiling, <laughs> first place all day.
2: Well, wait, hey, we want to talk about the Zach Morris thing. I remember that coming up on Tuesday. So let me tell you my story about Zach Morris. You all, I'm sure, know, uh, uh, what's his name? J.D. Or the Green Power Ranger. Yeah, Jason, J.D.F. J- yeah. J- 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 yep. yeah. So that guy, he showed up at uh, Chicagoland Scouting Center one year that I was working there, CSC, And I was just an instructor then. And he comes up to me. And obviously, I knew who he was. But he comes up to me and he's like, dude, have you ever been told that you look like th- whatever Zach Morris's real name in, in his real life? He's like, you look like this guy. And it's like, well, you think so? And he's like, yeah, he's one of my best friends. I hang out with him all the time. And you look exactly like him. And I mean, forever people had told me that I look like him. But when one of the dude's best friends told me that I look like him, it was like, there we go. <laughs> like, mission accomplished.
0: <laughs> I don't think, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or in our hanging out together <laughs> the last week, but. There's a picture of Zach Morris on your Facebook page. Yeah. And I thought it was
2: you at first. I mean, you look like the motherfucker. There's no <laughs> doubt. I think What's his real
1: name, Justin?
2: Yeah, what is his real name? Uh, Zach Morris. That's who, that's what anyone just, knows.
0: God damn it. I used to, I, Goslinger. The internet only knows him as Zach oh, Morris. No. Goslinger. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I dressed up in it as him for how long? A couple Scott years. Gossinger. I went to Goodwill and bought a couple old school looking jackets, some some white denim jeans. Mark Paul
3: Dasliar? Ah, that guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, no one's ever Dosseler? heard that. He's Everyone listening
2: to this, no one's heard that fucking I got name close. before. My, his name
3: is Mark <laughs> hyphen Paul. That's yeah. his first name. Yeah. Mark Paul. Mark, Mark Paul. MP.
0: <laughs> Nobody knows his name, but we all know who fucking Kelly Kapowson is. <laughs> I am <laughs> Kelly Kapow.
1: So, yeah. did Bradley you, did you have an, from an, the
2: corner? Did you have an AC Slater to your Zach Morris? <laughs> did you have a wingman? <laughs> I mean, if anyone, it's Jeremy Dubansky, my favorite person in the entire world. He's such a ridiculous person. Why do I know that name? <laughs> Why do you not know that name? Why wouldn't you, <laughs> Jeremy? Why is, you know that oh name? God, don't start. <laughs> he's just a crazy fella that. Is running for USPA national director this year, and i mean I'm putting in my words for him. It's like I never
3: switched the camera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Zach Morris on the screen. It's Zach Morris <laughs> on the screen either way. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and any advice I have to anybody who wants to run for national director is A, go to a board meeting yeah. or three before you ever run, and B, don't do it.
2: <laughs> no, but he's still an amazing guy.
0: Um so now you're you're going pro. You fell into this. Do
2: you have any goals and dreams for a future of canopy piloting? Totally. Man, this shit's so fun. Like it's awesome. I really I mean, I grew up being a competitive diver. Competition has always been something that I've been doing. And I've 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 never like been on a team sport. Like, I don't like four-way. I don't like eight-way. I don't like any of those things because you have to rely on other people. It's kind of a jerk thing to say, but at the end of the day, that's how I feel a bit. Uh, I definitely want to.
1: Uh, We're looking at pictures of Jeremy Dubansky over here.
2: Ah, (laughs) that beautiful man. That's that's why I just (laughs) chuckled in the middle of you saying something
1: serious that had nothing to do with what you were saying.
2: He Which looks picture? like he's fun. Jeremy so is so much fun. One of
0: them is him in a, a shoot a suit, a sit suit. Yeah, with it blowing up, and the other is him in a Hawaiian shirt with a hat with some chicks. Have you seen? Oh yeah. Have you seen so the sit suit is.
2: that has my face on his ass? Um, I don't. The yellow and red. <laughs> don't worry, Riley will pull it up.
0: That's the sit suit we were. Really yeah, can. no, don't worry. So, <sighs>
2: anyways, you were saying. <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry. I, can't I remember. For Terrible.
0: Hoppadillo's and monkey
1: shoulder in. I
0: don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like that hoppadillo
1: was like extra charged in my body with that coffee. Right? Uh, dude. It, it, goals with I'd canopy piloting you know it. swooping.
2: Ah, uh, goals. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I really want, like, this year, at the World Championships just finished. And watching all the footage. So I used to do a thing called Skydive TV, which is where I would go out and interview yeah, people. Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, with Sammy. Yeah, absolutely. And it was an dude. It was such a sick opportunity to meet all these top level people. So I went to the World Championships last year, uh, or two years ago, sorry, 2016 in Farnham, Canada, and I'm like, I met all these top level swoopers, and I was like, Oh man, these guys are so cool. Like, <laughs> I want to be a top level swooper someday. <laughs> And so next up, so the World Championships this year just finished up in Poland. And I saw a lot of the people that I know. And really, like, that's definitely a goal to be at the World Championship level, World Cup level. The next one is in Pretoria, South Africa. Next year, I don't know where the World Championship is in 2020. But that's that's a goal. I don't think I can necessarily say, like, I want to be the best in the world because that is an insane commitment. But I want to at least be at that level. To, to You know, like right now, you are, your goals have to be feasible, right? It's hard for a mediocre, ju- like an average pace jumper to be like, yep, I'm going to be the best in the entire world. Because there's a big world out there and really good people. But I feel like I could at least get to that level and then maybe set some new goals of... Okay, I want to finish top three or top five or top ten or number one or whatever it might be, right?
0: It's really a short-term, long-term goal conversation there because I think there's zero wrong with having a statement of saying I want to be the best in the world at whatever it is I do yeah. because having that ultimate goal gives you the ultimate drive. But you can't be a fool. You have to say, So, to get there, my goal is to compete this year. Yeah. Hey, now I that guess. I'm competing, my goal is to do this well. My goal is to, my goal is to. Yeah. So, increasing those goals. So, so I definitely agree Over with what time. you're Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but I do like um, people who have that big picture. I'm not against what you say either. Well, There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. It, it's very imp- thought process. Right,
2: totally. It all is subjective. Like, I don't have a big picture of being the best in the world. If I get to the top level and then it's like, oh, maybe I could be that good? Okay, maybe I'll try. Which is totally opposite of what you're saying. So I'm not disagreeing with you. It's, but it's just like it's subjective. everybody's a different person.
0: Yeah, you're not disagree. I think what we agreed on is it's subjective. It's Everybody's mm-hmm. different and it's a- each of our own viewpoints. It's
2: good to have goals. I definitely have a goal of... Being on that on that level and competing in the international level.
0: I uh, I expect to see you there. There's no doubt about it, man. Back to I've been watching you, keeping tabs on you. Thanks, Brew. It's cool to see you fucking succeed and to see you grow. Um, Nick kno- has known me for years now, and I think he would agree that the thing that I get the most excited about is people's success. It's why I do what I do with the Rating Center. It helps people achieve and accomplish their goals and their dreams. Yeah. Whether their dream is to land a parachute safely in Canopy Coaching their dream is to become a high performance guy. Their dream is to become a coach or an instructor. Cool. I, it's, it's making dreams come
2: true. That's what it is. Yeah. Flying the parachute is the scariest part of the skydive for a lot of people. Yeah. And if you can do anything to make it a little more comfortable, then like, what a success, right?
0: What can people do to make it more comfortable? What suggestions would you give jumpers? Mm. Canopy course, canopy coaching, and obvious answers, right? Yeah, for sure. From there,
2: I think, I mean, a lot of it comes back to. If, if you do the canopy courses and you're not able to change how you're doing to fit the parachute that you're flying, look for a different canopy. Look for something that's more suited to you, which is totally okay. A person that flies and crushes a Sabre 2 and a person that flies a Pulse and does a great job on it, they're different people. But at the end of the day, as long as they're both having a good time and feeling confident under that parachute... What's the big difference? doesn't matter at all. I don't care. You Find know. something
0: that you like. Bingo. And then what about the idea of, of fly with other people? Of course, get coaching, get advice, fly with experienced pilots. But I'm a huge advocate of doing non-contact crew and even learning to do some contact crew as new <laughs> jumpers with the right training, with the right information. Because if you can fly near each other, how much more comfortable do you get?
2: For sure. I think yeah. you have
0: a story to that because you're giggling a little bit.
2: Uh, no, I mean, no real story.
0: Riley? No. St- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've heard a little of the story already this week. What do you, what, What's going on here?
2: Well, I just like doing, I just like flying my parachute. And I went up and hooked up with Riley under canopy and towed her around the sky for a little while. She's on a 120 and I'm on a 79. But we made it work and... Top dock. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I just slid right in there. And just, as I was sliding <laughs> across, I <yeah>, just slid <laughs> right in. As <laughs> You know it. <what? laughs> but as I was sliding across, like I stuck the foot out and grabbed the center A line and then hooked both A lines. And so it was crew. Not what I recommend. If you're listening to this, don't just go and do what I just did. Definitely learn slowly.
0: Oh, for sure, man. Steven Boyd, I, I've done a lot of intentional crew. Yeah. Stephen Boyd, when I first moved here, um, was flying a bit heavier wing loading than I was at the time. And he was se- he'd was he sink out on me in a heartbeat. And he was in a little bit deeper breaks. Um, I was flying behind him approaching. I was going to pin him from the bottom. And as he's in a little bit deeper breaks, it's matching perfect for what I need. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the configuration I need you to be in right now. This is money. And he, with his hands behind him in deep breaks, reaches around. He tells me at some point, I'm waving off. I'm like, oh, you wave off with your feet, man. Like, clap your feet would be more obvious. It looks like to me you were trying to grab my canopy. <laughs> so when you tried to grab my canopy, I just popped and said, here you go. Here there's go. the canopy. <laughs> you want it? You can have it. Um, and, and really, nice. my mistake, very simple, was assuming my buddy was comfortable with crew. Yeah, for sure. You know, I definitely do would would highly recommend that. What the fuck is on? Oh, that's Bo. Uh, uh, it's I, Bo's selfie. I, I highly recommend going to jump with people, getting close to each other under canopy, getting coaching advice, understanding what to do in a canopy collision, uh, having good training for all these things are, are paramount to doing this. Sure. But
2: fly with other people. Fly with other people. Dude, it teach you so much about how the parachute flies. Like, people don't understand what range means in a canopy until you fly next to somebody else, and you're like, wow, I'm on a 79. Uh, square foot hybrid Valkyrie and I can fly with people that are on one nineties. I will just sit in deep breaks and I'll fly next to them. And like, that's crazy. But until you get the opportunity to fly next to people, you don't really know. And did I start flying with people on our 79? Like, is that the first canopy that I was like, okay, now I'm going to fly next to Joe Blow over there. No, no, no. I started on bigger canopies, one thirty fives. Like I came up next to somebody and, try to fly next to them and make it work and then from there went one to the 120 a little bit more range a little bit more speed means you have to control that speed slow it down and use your inputs as needed but it's it's just obviously there are safety parameters that need to be followed but the more you learn now the better you will be later right
0: yeah, for sure
2: yeah so okay there comes there comes my, the biggest thing that I ever say, tell to pe- tell people. And this isn't, again, me coming up with it. Again, I learn everything from other people that have more experience than I do. Kurt Bartholomew told me once, he was like, I was flying my Comp velocity and I was wondering, should I go to a Valkyrie? Should I go to a Valkyrie? I was like, hey, Kurt, like, do you think I should go to a Valkyrie? Because I'm, I mean, I feel like I could fly it fine. And he was, he just told me, he's like, dude, Bo, like, yeah, you can go to Valkyrie and you'll be great. However, the better you are, the better pilot you become. Right now, on your comp velocity, the better pilot you're going to be in the Valkyrie compared to going to a Valkyrie and trying to learn all these things. Do it all on your comp velocity. You go to a Valkyrie and you're going to be fucking ten times better. I mean, I feel like that's paid off. And
1: yeah, and you'll you'll notice it's super similar progression about people who are really good in the tunnel. Everyone starting at low speeds, starting with less power, learning to do it at, at that lower speed is really going to translate to a better skill set when you when you turn the wind up and you're moving
2: faster. Right, 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 It's all the same thing. And like no matter what it is, I'm sure if you're driving a car, the better you become in a...
1: You mean <laughs> I shouldn't start with a NASCAR and then work back to the Pinto? <laughs> right,
2: We're <exactly>. going left. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's you can't turn right in a
3: NASCAR. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just a basic idea, but a lot of people skip ahead. Because they want to yeah. fly that fast parachute, and I get it. But if you want to be the best on that fast parachute, take more time on your slow one. You'll be better. I, I think it, it
0: applies to so much of the sport. With ratings, people will ask me, what do I need to get a coach rating? USPA requires at least 100 jumps and a B license. I recommend at least 200 jumps of other things. Yeah. You go in with a minimum experience, you come out with a minimum benefit. Yeah. You go in with more experience, you will take more away. Within reason, there's a balance to these statements. I
2: like that. That's a good way to say it.
0: So I love that advice, man. I love that Kurt gives that advice because, you know, let's argue with Kurt, the guy who's going the (laughs) furthest, the fastest in the world consistently right now. For sure. Yeah, right. The guy who's swooping 600
2: feet at sea level. Five-time world champion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's argue with him because he's he's wrong. He just
2: got third at the world championship.
0: Yeah, and that's an off day for him. he was like,
2: this was a bummer meet. I didn't do very well.
0: Yeah, that's a bad day
2: for him, dude. It really is. And either way, I'm sure if you ask Nick or Cedric— the guys who got number one and two, I'm sure if you ask them, they would say the exact same thing. The better you are now, the better you'll be later. Yeah.
0: So uh, I want to close out with a couple easy things. One is your last comments, but the other one is uh, the PD tour, the demo tour. But uh, yep. if you want to take advantage of it, it doesn't come to your drop zone. Go to performancedesigns.com. There's a simple link that says demo click on it and i might be describing it wrong and you can send a request into demo with canopy i believe it's 95 dollars for two weekends
2: it ships actually right now it from for the four canopies the compare four canopies yeah it's 50 bucks so there's something is, like 50 it's bucks.
0: normally 95 though
2: right right but we're doing a special for those four because we want people to tell the difference damn it like
0: so the storm the specter the pulse and the saber two. bingo Right now, you can get for fifty bucks. Most canopies for ninety five bucks. Cross braces one ten or one twenty. 120. One twenty five for cross okay.
2: brace canopies because you're gonna jump the shit out of them.
0: That includes. <laughs> it comes in a box in a bag
2: yep. on risers. Yep.
0: You hook it up to your container with somebody who can help show you how you hook up your d bag. You jump it. You put it back in the box that came with the shipping label on the way back. After two weekends. And so basically, some people will say it's for two weeks. No, it's for two weekends. You basically yep. get it on a Thursday or Friday. You ship it out on a Monday. So you have it in your hand for a week and a half. Yep. So if you can't see Bo's gorgeous dimples at the demo tour, 95 bucks is not a lot of money to get a canopy that you don't limit the number of jumps we put on. Yeah. We can jump them as many times as we want when we demo shit. Bingo. So check them out. Now, that brings me to the thing, the most important canopy you have on the demo tour. The canopy I think everybody should demo on the demo tour is what?
2: Valkyrie? No, I'm just kidding. Man. <laughs> I know what he's saying. I know. No, that's, 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 <laughs> that's a good <laughs> statement.
0: The optimum, the PD optimum reserve. And first of all, most people, the first time you jump your reserve will be on a cutaway. Yep. For most people, the first time you jump your reserve, you will be under a canopy below 2,500 feet for the first time, learning how it flares differently, and there's no doubt most reserves on the market flare differently than most mains on the market.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's truth. It's not no doubt. It's a fact. Yeah.
0: I mean there's a little bit different
2: parachutes. They fly differently.
0: When I say most, it's uh I I would like maybe say the horizon is more comparable than the Saber Two is.
2: Sure, but anyone who's flown a horizon has flown up standard nine cell for a lot of their progression. Yeah.
0: So how important do you think it is that people come test these optimums?
2: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So like that's the beauty of the demo tours you can not only try a canopy that you want to try, possibly buy for your next main parachute, but, and this, all right, I'm going to bring this back to a different point, but you can also try an optimum reserve because PD cares about you being a safer skydiver. Like, that's one of the things I love the most about the company is that we not only, yeah, sure, we want to sell parachutes, but we want you to have the best experience that you can have. As a skydiver, we want you to be safe. We want you to be confident, safe, comfortable, enjoying your time. So when you land your parachute, you can pack right up and go up and do another. And that's really cool, man. Like, not a lot of skydiving manufacturers care that much about um, knowledge. Like, just basic gear education. Tip Tuesdays is a great example of that. Like, we just want you to have a good time. So demoing your optimum reserve. I bring around the optimum reserve for demos, size 113 to 193. If you want to try one, you just just come over to me. I'll hook it up as your main parachute. You can try it out and see how that thing flies so that the first time you're trying to figure out how to fly your reserve is not at 1,500 feet. When you're two miles away from the drop zone, (laughs) your heart is beating crazy because you just had a cutaway, which is your first time ever. And it's like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? And now you have to also put it down in someone's backyard. It's in a controlled environment. You know what's happening. You open up where you want to open up, you know where the drop zone is, and you get to learn how to fly this new parachute. And if I'm going to demo
0: an optimum reserve, a saber, a whatever you're carrying in, in your bag of tricks this weekend, yeah. what kind of skydive should I make on my first jump with that canopy?
2: Yeah, I always recommend a hop and pop. Why? Just because you get to fly it. You get the most time flying that canopy. You don't have to worry about where other people are. Yeah. Also, I mean, more importantly, I think you don't have to worry about where the drop zone is. How many times do you open up on a canopy and you're like, oh, there's the drop zone. And you make it back to my holding area. Now you just ho- open up in your holding area. How sweet is that?
0: Man, hop and pops matter. I did a safety day uh, conversation one year, and it was all yeah. canopies matter. Nice. You can see what's based off of and hop and pops matter is a slide. It, it, it's a it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. We should do more of them for the things you just said.
2: For sure. So all of my like canopy progression, I do so many hop and pops. Why? Not because I can't figure out how to fly a parachute the rest of the time. It's because you need that Clean airspace, you need that peace of mind so that you can focus on what you need to focus on.
0: I would say hop and pops really are the most selfish form of skydiving I know because the sky is commonly mine or shared with very, very, very few people. And I can do basically whatever I want because of that within
2: reason. How nice is that, dude? You're like, do I want to fly right? Yeah, I'll fly right. Do I want to fly left? Oh, yeah, I'll fly left. Oh, do I want to do a 360? Oh yeah I do <laughs> I want to skydive for me I want to do
0: whatever I want to do Hell yeah I Hop and Pops you get to Nick I th- I'm positive you enjoy Hop and
1: Pops You enjoy solos Love them yeah They're yeah. so fun You have f- no one to worry about Yeah or, I mean especially when you're someone on a, on a high performance Highly loaded canopy Even if there are other people Man you take a five second delay <sighs> You open up and do one turn And fuck those other guys They're yeah. not going to catch you <laughs> See ya <laughs> They're gone
2: Yeah it's beautiful
0: So uh, as we get wrapping up, as we get closing here, uh, the two things I want to know, uh, the last question for the tour is, what advice would you give anybody coming out to visit
2: you on the PD Demo tour? Any one piece of advice? Mm, I would say just talk to me. Just say hello and tell me about what's going on. Because, I I mean, there's no specific advice that it uh, portrays for everybody or resonates for everybody. But if you tell me about your canopy experience and you tell me about what's going on, then as far as the demo tour goes, you can make the most of it. Obviously, demoing reserve, as you said, is a great thing to make you a safer skydiver. But if you just want to take the most of a demo stop, just come up and say hello and just like ask me what you're flying. Tell me about what you're flying. Tell me about what you want to fly. And then we'll go from there. PD tour
0: reps have uh, always been known for being approachable folks. Uh, that's I think PD does a good job of, of hiring those kind of personalities on. Yeah, You personify it. Thanks, man. You are extremely approachable. I watched you very closely last year on the tour stop. You were the new guy. I'm just checking you out. And holy fuck, yeah. you were ready. You want people to come bug you.
2: Well, obviously, it's boring if I just sit there on my own. <laughs>
0: yeah, so come talk to him. Come hook up with Bo. Come ask him questions, man. The guy is ready, excited to share knowledge. Yeah. Ask him to check out the inside of his reserve flap. It's the best fucking piece <laughs> of art ever. Um, I've mentioned it before on the show. Your reserve flap says what?
2: We'll just skip over that part. Riley's and bitch. And the next person, yeah. there we go. Hey. <laughs>
0: How you doing? Um, after that, man. Anything else you want to share about yourself about skydiving?
2: Uh, no, but I will take an opportunity to thank my sponsors for sure. Performance Designs, I obviously work for the company, but I am definitely, definitely believe that this company builds the best parachutes, does the most testing, the most R and D, the, the just the the greatest company in terms of skydiving that could ever be. Like they we're gonna
0: come back to thanking your sponsors, and we're gonna go longer. The we're best come R&D. back to that. <laughs> the best R and
2: D. Yeah. I, there's so many things to talk about, man. We need another episode. The zero. We need to do another PD episode. Four years in R and D. Something like that. A thousand jumps
0: in R D. For d for a
2: accuracy canopy that'll sell what? A couple hundred?
0: I've seen one in person <laughs> of my life still to this day outside hanging at a PD like place. Um man, the most thorough R and D, zero doubt about it. It's
2: crazy. It is annoying and also amazing.
0: Now, you say you will have another conversation about PD. You will be back, I hope, next time you're in town. Yeah, let's sure. Let's do this again.
2: Yeah, let's talk about R&D. Let's talk about yeah. it, what it takes to produce a new parachute, to get a new canopy to market, because this is it has gone on too long already, my friends. So, so, another time.
0: thank you to PD as your sponsors. Yeah, thank you okay. to BSE.
2: Yeah, so thanks to Velocity Sports Equipment. Comfiest rig ever. I love my infinity. Absolutely. Serves me great every single time. And I'm I wanna throw
0: it. something out there for the world to know, and and we have a joke, sponsorship by injection. Um there are pictures of you jumping infinity well before Riley. And yeah, for there. Sh- yeah. So that your uh-huh. relationship with VSC is longer than your relationship with Riley. Exactly. Damn right it is. So anybody who <laughs> says out there that he's partial to VSC because his girlfriend works there. No, you just get lucky that the people you love work together.
2: Bingo. Yeah. So for he's a sure. big VSE fan. It's a North Pacific Northwest company. It's family owned, and I've always loved that about it. You know, they appreciate nature. They appreciate their time off to go hiking and camping, and that's what I look for in a rig manufacturer, in any manufacturer. And then lastly, Tony Suits. They uh, supply my awesome swoop shorts, which are super comfortable. They've been coming a long ways over the past couple of years. So thank you, Tony Suits. For the dope swoop shorts
0: dude Tony's been on business forever man he sure Floor has is a
2: fucking wonderful wonderful girl she's taking over that company
0: one of your predecessors in the past Riley and they do a wonderful job man yeah nothing else you want to share then I don't think so Nick anything for you to close out the show
1: no man thanks for being here you guys have been a lot of fun this week so uh Thanks for helping us out. I think we talked about all about Scotty
2: Nick, are you okay with that? I'm, dude, I'm yeah, totally, totally great right with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally so, good. Do we need a shout up and lord to finish out?
0: <laughs> we will finish out. As we're finishing out, I want to be reminded one thing. You grew up on a farm, and even as a grown-ass man, you're scared of the rooster. So Justin's queuing up our music. We're going to close the show. I want to thank everybody for being here. Justin. Thank you for taking care of business as always. Bo, Performance Designs, thank you for being here. Yeah. You guys fucking rock Riley earlier right this on. week. Thank you for being here. Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio, we are off next week. Nick Glott and myself have a little mancation. We're gonna go out together to hedonism and have a party one <laughs> hell of a time. That's not true. <laughs> it I, is not I true at be all. There. <laughs> but we will be coming back uh after that. We have the next three or four weeks booked. Till then, here comes a rooster, my friend. Yeah. Gravity Lab Radios, blue skies, we're out.